Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and people in attendance at home, from parts unknown, here are your hosts, Jason Turtleneck Hilton and legendary luchador, Gringo Fantastico. It is now time for Headlines, Headlocks, and Hijinks. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 30 of Headlines, Headlocks, and Hijinks. I am Jason, the almost not congested anymore turtleneck with the feeling of run down, tired, fucking whatever. I don't know. Like, I'm so tired. I can't even come up with a clever introduction. I'm the Luchatastic Luchador. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Christ Quantica. Gringo Fantastico. There you go. Between the two of us, we almost make up a healthy person. <laughs> I know, right? It's just, I got the crap beat out of me today. I had to go, I go to, once a month, I go to the, to a masseuse, and I just have the masseuse beat the shit out of me for like an hour. And I had that done today, so I'm feeling a little bit better, but I can't get my headache to go away. It's a nasty headache. So, Is it so, one of those, you took something for it, and it just said, fuck your medicine? Pretty much, yeah. I think I just slept on my neck funny or something. You know those headaches you get when you sleep on your neck oh, yeah. the wrong way, and then it just, just resonates in your head all day? Yeah, that's what I have. I'm not sick or anything, at least not that I know of. So, And if I don't know I'm sick, then I'm probably not sick, right? And right. I don't know how that works. So, uh, so we had some wrestling this week. So let's uh, talk about some wrestling this week. I actually have a headline that you will be far more the expert about than I will. Okay. Apparently, AEW is releasing Fight Forever, the Bring the Boom edition, for $89. Okay. I'm going to be the guy that has to come out right now and say, fuck no, do not spend $90 on that fucking game. I'm telling you, at best, that game is worth $29.99. And that's, that's pushing it. And it this new be a $20 edition- game. Well, maybe this will sweeten the pot. Apparently, the new edition includes the Matt Hardy pre-order bonus, downloadable content, as well as Season Pass 1 and 2. That's so dumb. Oh, and (laughs) they put Tony Storm on the cover. So that's, that's that's worth another, like, $30 more than the initial cost of the Elite Edition. I'm also not sure why are they bragging they put Tony Storm on the cover. It's a digital game. Well, I mean, you can like, buy. Does physical... anyone have physical media anymore? You can buy physical copies of that game. I just saw one for the Switch in the stores the other day, and I was like, "Oh God, if that thing runs bad on the Xbox and the PlayStation, it's going to run like ass on the Switch." Or, or maybe it won't. Maybe it'll work really well on the Switch because. That game is, just, oh my god, dude! It's bad. It's not a good game. Like it's, there's silly stuff in it too. Like instead of putting like wrestling, cool wrestling stuff to do in the game, you play fucking Simon Says with like Penta. Like, <laughs> why the fuck would you do that? I don't get it. Like, and it's supposed to be. They say it's the spiritual successor to No Mercy for the sixty four. The fuck it is. I played the <laughs> shit out of No Mercy on the sixty four, and this game is not. It might look like it. The controls might somewhat be comparable 
but no hell no like <laughs> oh jesus you'd be better off just going into your old no mercy for the nintendo 64 and just creating caws of the aw people like it would be better if you did that because this this game is garbage and I've no doubt there's emulators, ROMs, whatever of No Mercy where they did that. Like yeah. someone has done that. And even better, just just buy two K WWE two K twenty three, and just fucking like either download them from people that have made them because they're all over the place, and there are people who made really good CAWs. Uh, that's Creator Wrestler. If you didn't know what a CAW was for the anyone listening, or if you didn't know, and. You can download really good versions. It even has their picture and shit. Like it's really good. And just do that. Just do that. Because you're gonna spend ninety dollars. Ninety dollars. Ninety dollars. Who the fuck are they trying to swindle, dude? Like you gotta be a, okay. Well, I will say this. There are some AEW diehards that will fucking give them money if they took a shit in a bag and put the AEW logo on it, which is pretty much dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> then people will buy it and you know it's like for the longest time i've been trying to play nice with with fucking AEW, and i can't do it i can't do it it's fucking garbage i can't do it like i i wish it wasn't garbage that's the thing it's not malice because it's something against wwe it's nothing like that it just fucking sucks and i don't have time to watch their nine hours of wrestling a week that's garbage you know, that's nine hours where I could be, you know, constructive and, and do things and spend time with my family who hates wrestling. Oh, my God. I saw the clip from Collision where Julia Hart appears behind Abaddon. Then the lights go out and Julia Hart's gone. But all the fans at ringside are like, she's under there. She's <laughs> under the ring. <laughs> His phone isn't even on. Right. And hey, for anyone who thinks I'm just hating on AEW when I say that, one of my favorite videos, Malachi Black, when he was Alistair Black, he walks out during a commercial. The lights are off, but obviously emergency exits and whatnot, so you can still see. He lies down on the contraption that lifts him, and he just has to lie there for a few minutes until they come back from commercial and his entrance happens. Oh my god. It's, so it's like, man, this uh, this spooky stuff sounds real cool until you put it into action. I can't. I just can't with them anymore. And it's just... I try to watch it, and I'll watch it later, and I'll watch clips, and I'm just like... You know, and, and I will say this. If, if that's the kind of wrestling that you want to watch and you're happy with it, then by all... But, you know... Good for you. Way to go. Awesome. No fucking hatred towards you. You know what I mean? <laughs> but for me, someone who expects a little bit more out of their product, you know, but here, here's the thing. I've seen indie promotions. No, I'm not talking like a ring of honor indie or anything like that. I've seen indie promotions like Chikara and, you know, MLW which MLW has its own problems, and so did Shikara, but... Boy, it does. Yeah. We'll talk about that in a minute, but... um, It's just... I've seen indie shows that have, were so much better. Storytelling's better. Even on the local level, I've seen shows better. Like, 
I, I ask so little in just, I want the story to make sense, mm-hmm. both in ring and out of it. That's all I ask. Apparently that's too much to ask. Very much so. <laughs> <laughs> and I hate the fact that I have to feel that way about it. And hey, I say that as a person who enjoyed the movie Zombievers. <laughs> I work for trauma. <laughs> <laughs> like, it doesn't take a whole lot to entertain me. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, I got something to tell you. Remind mm-hmm. me when we're done. All right. So, Actually, you know what? I'm going to call this out. So on Dynamite, when Roddy Strong is doing his promo with Renee Paquette, who apparently is wearing sparkly wrapping paper this week. Her outfits are always amazing. Didn't say good, just amazing. So Roddy's doing his big promo, whatever. And someone responds with, this is the kind of thing that got LA Knight in the main event. No, no. The big difference is LA Knight was good on the microphone. And then I get to hear, well, that's just your opinion. Like, Okay, if that's not stated fact, I think we're done. <laughs> yeah. Roddy's not good on the microphone. Even Roderick Strong has said he's not that good on the microphone. Yeah. Telling he's... me, stop putting him on the microphone. And that's one of the big reasons why WWE let him go. Because they expect all of their people to be good on the microphone. like, And because that's the style of WWE. I'm not saying it's a better style, because sometimes I just wish they shut the fuck up and wrestle. Shut the fuck up, go to work, go home, shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh, they I'm had their own segment, them. that that absolutely horrible backstage segment with all the tag teams. Like, I, I have quite literally seen high school plays with better acting. And I'm just going to call it acting, because <laughs> that whoever wrote the script, you're terrible. Whoever yeah. allowed this to be on television, you're a sadist. Although it's live, so here's hoping you just couldn't cut it. That's and funny. Whoever was involved, I hope you took a shot afterwards. <laughs> I have to take a shot just by watching that show. Right. Like I have to I have to drink. Like I get so angry at like what they've there's so much talent on that roster. That's the that's what pisses me off more than anything else. It has nothing to do with like I said, it has nothing to do with the fuck AEW. It has nothing to do with that. It's that there's so much fucking talent on that roster and it's mishandled. It's mishandled through really bad story angles, really shitty like segments, like matches that don't make sense. There's so much talent. It's so wasted. It's like, Tony, dude, like, and I, I've said this last week. I've said it's like, I sound like a broken fucking record because I've been saying it for the past, you know, year, almost a year that we've been doing this. Tony, get a booker. For Christ's sake, hire somebody who knows what they're doing and get the fuck away. Own it. Be friends with the guys. Shake their hands. Lick their butts. Whatever you want to do. I don't care. Get yourself a booker that knows what the fuck they're doing and get yourself a booker and leave him alone and let him do his job. Because that's the other part of that. You can get a booker who knows what they're doing, but if you get your, if you keep pushing, I don't see, I see Tony as a big pushover anyway. So he's not going to tell anybody anything. He never has. He never will. But if get yourself a booker and let him do his job, there's so many good, like fucking, you've got Sting on your fucking roster for Christ's sake. Give Sting the book. Jesus. I don't know if he'd want it. You know, Ric Flair, Ric Flair. 
You have Ric Flair on your roster. He had the book in WCW forever when it was good. Oh, speaking of Flair, apparently Tony Khan has said Ric Flair and Woo Energy are paying him to be on the show. Are there, So Ric Flair is paying Tony Khan? So how I'm interpreting that is Woo Energy is paying Ric Flair to use his name, likeness, whatever. Yeah. And they're paying Tony Khan to have their product be on the entrance ramp and in front of the announcers. So Tony Khan himself is not the one paying Ric Flair. <laughs> At least that's how I'm translating that statement. Because I refuse to believe Ric Flair is shelling out thousands of dollars for his energy drink to appear on this show. No. That that uh, that situation's weird. I don't get it. I'm still taken aback by everyone being offended Ric Flair did the whole all the women 18 to 28. Like, it's Ric Flair. That's what he's going to... I'm sorry, but Ric Flair is going to Ric Flair. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you you put uh, it's just another example of people just being dumbasses and don't fucking know anything about wrestling, about wrestling history. You know, because I guarantee the the fucking the the guy the boys in the back. I don't know, probably. I mean, the only person I can see bitching is the Bucks, but like Rick, like anyone else on that roster probably did not have a problem with him saying that. You know, there a lot of them probably thought it was fucking hilarious. Could you see Britt Baker throwing a fit because Ric Flair said that? No, she's probably laughing her ass off. Right. You know what I mean? And so the only people that get mad about that shit are these fucking just weak ass motherfuckers that want everything to be sunshine, rainbows, and daisies. And even in that situation, it's not like Ric Flair was saying, I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna, you know, do all these terrible things. All he said was like, "If you want to, it was like if if you want to consent, come to my room." Plus, That's all he, he said. said. It... That's what you're supposed to say. I thought. Plus, he said it in the context of being Ric Flair in the ring. Don't get me wrong. If another story comes out of Ric Flair whipping open his robe on a plane, yeah, that's then yeah, up. we have a problem. But if he's doing his shtick, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So as yeah, because it's one thing to say like like Tommy Dreamer saying, "Oh well, you know." That's Rick whips his dick around like that's fucked up. Right. But like, but Ric Flair going to the ring and being like, "Hey, if you want to, if you consent to coming to my hotel room, come to my hotel room." You no, know what I mean? It's gotten to the point I've adopted the mentality of if you're a fan of something, but you have to change everything about it, you're not a fan of that thing. No, of course, no, and that's 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 perfect way to put it because that's true. And that's the dude, and that's that's the other thing like, about at, as a guy who used to read all the X Men comics. If I have to read one more X Men go to prom story, <laughs> like I swear, every month they do some sort of a dance or a gala or something. Yeah, that's just the new generation of writers not like thinking about what the X Men really was about, and it was about fucking uh, civil rights. Right, it was an entire fucking entire fucking comic series about civil rights. I mean, reflective of civil rights, you know. And they don't think that they don't care about that anymore. Now it's just about stupid shit. Like, what kind of what kind of shenanigans could Jubilee get into this week? And and I don't even know if she's still in the comic book on the in the in that fucking in that edition of the X Men, but 
So my main concern is that, and I know we've gone from wrestling to X-Men, but like my main concern about that is, so Disney Plus is looking to bring back that original artwork style, that original X-Men 97 or whatever. X-Men 97, and actually the character or the person who voiced Jubilee will not be a part of it. No. Well, here's the thing, though. Like, it's Disney. They're going to, like, they're not going to do it right. I doubt it. And I'm not I sincerely saying, doubt it. And I'm not saying like that X that X Men series that was out when I was a kid was great because I mean it was good, but it wasn't like the be all end all of storytelling. I mean they kind of like had, I mean we had to go a whole season with listening to Beast quote Dostoevsky in a fucking prison cell. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, that. And that was annoying. And then and so, and and there's a bunch and of even that as a dumb kid shit. who grew up with that when Beast was doing that in the cell. You just put up with it to get to the next part. Right. Or the whole thing with Morph. Like how many clips, how many clips of that show did we get a flashback of Morph going, Wolverine, pull back. Like it was like <laughs> every episode. Wolverine, pull back. It's like, okay, first off, motherfucker, I don't even know who you are. You're like the fucking low totem pole fucking like fourth stringer. So I don't give a fuck about you anyway, Morph. You know, like where the fuck is Nightcrawler? Like they have all these other X Men, and they're just like randos everywhere. Like, and then they always ask him at the end of the episodes, "You should join the X Men." And I'm like, "Good, finally." And they're like, "No, I have things I need to do elsewhere." It's like motherfuckers, you just don't want to draw them, do you? <laughs> also, if anyone doesn't need your help, I think it's Wolverine. Like, I think he's got this, guys. <laughs> Wolverine, pull back. <laughs> So that show wasn't perfect, but you know although, Disney's going to fuck it up so bad. Although I absolutely love the scene where Wolverine stands on a single side of Scott Summers' car <laughs> and he cuts off the entire roof somehow and flips it, just looks at Gene and does his whole, tell Cyclops, I made him a convertible. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> and like, even as a kid going, how do he cut the other side though? Like he didn't move and his claws are a finite like one foot. Uh, yeah, suspend disbelief. But <laughs> but dude, tell me Disney's not gonna fuck that up. They're going to. Dude, it's gonna be all like uh, it's gonna be all like Oh, we've gotten to the point of I will watch it expecting to be disappointed, and if I'm not, I'm happy. Yeah, that's yeah, that's anytime I watch anything from Disney now. Like because I'm such a diehard, I was raised a Disney kid. I loved the I loved the MCU and until like Phase Four, and uh, you know, so I'm a diehard. So I'm like, ah, oh, maybe this is going to be the one that turns it back around. Maybe this is going to be like the movie that turns it back around. And so I always try to keep that in my head. The bad part about that is like I I go in thinking it's going to be garbage, and then I, I get a fucking barge of garbage. It's not just like a pile of garbage. It's a whole fucking garbage sale like barge going out to dump it somewhere and the yep. movie's the fucking trash island you know so like like little thor love and thunder was one of the worst movies i've ever seen and that's not just for an mcu movie or not for a comic book movie it was one of the worst movies i've ever seen you can talk shit about green lantern all you want to fucking talk but green lantern is way the fuck better than thor love and thunder i and, and yes it is and fucking wakanda forever oh my god like, let's change Prince Namor, one of the coolest fucking characters in Marvel Comics, to some dude named Namor. Namor. Like, as soon as he said his name, I was like, fuck this movie, and I shut it off. I was oh, like, I no. didn't even... 
I didn't even realize it was like a massive change. I thought it was just we're changing where he comes from type thing. Right. Then it wasn't until he says, my enemies call me Namor. And all I could think was going, that's your name, dude. Like, yeah. that's what your mom calls you. That's what your friends call you. That's what you're, that's what the tax man calls you. Like, th- that'd be like me saying, they call me Jason. Like, well, yeah, that's, that's your name. And, and they, well, and they took a giant shit on, like, okay, so they hinted about the Atlanteans and mm-hmm. um, they hinted about it in uh, Endgame. Yes. Because they're talking to all of them over the visual screens or whatever. And they're like, what about this disturbance in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean? And like, uh, what's her name from uh, Wakanda? Uh, his guard. I can't remember what her name is. Was it Suri or? Shiri was the sister. Shiri. I can't Shiri was remember sister. her name. Anyway, she's like, we we deal with that by not dealing with it. Right. And I'm like, oh, that's going to be awesome. They've acknowledged it now. And now shit's going to, oh, man, because Namor's a dick. Like in the comics, he's a dick. and But like in a fun way, right? Like you're just like, fuck this guy. But he's awesome because, you know, and he always will save the day. But God, what a dick. And then we get their interpretation of Namor. And it's like, this guy's a giant pansy douche. Yes. Like, like, fuck you, Disney. Like, you took this character. And it's like, also, you shouldn't have introduced that character like that. That character should have been introduced uh, as like an end bonus scene at the end of one of the Fantastic Four movies. Because he has such a fucking relationship with Sue Storm. That it's like... Did you hear about Pedro Pascal possibly playing Reed Richards? Yeah, I did a whole video on YouTube about it. You didn't see my video? Oh my lord, why would you do that? The like, Wheel of Fate. Did you hear about my Wheel of Fate? Yes, I did. <laughs> and then like Jenna Ortega's Juggernaut. That was the one that got me. I was about to say it like that was the one that got me. Kristen Wiig is Charles Xavier. Like each one got a chuckle, then Jenna Ortega's juggernaut. Like, there it is. <laughs> and I swear to God, that's how they're casting this shit. Plus, you you take you take Prince Namor, you know, who's also the submariner, which they don't even say, but like you take that character and you cast him with some rando dude, like you need to have somebody that's like a little more prominent that or someone who's a better actor. They also that mass- dude was a shit actor. They also massively overpower him in the beginning, and then how do we beat him? Let's make him dry. <laughs> the aqua, the old Aquaman technique, right? Let's take you, yeah. Uh, and it's bad when like you see. That was a thing, Wakanda forever, and it's like, oh, I guess that Batman versus Superman, Dawn of whatever, was actually not bad. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, you know, Jesse Eisenberg, like casting, I'm like, ah, Jesse Eisenberg, I guess, wasn't so bad as Lex Luthor. Like, that actually made me say that. Like, and then I kicked my own ass for saying it, but when your movie makes me be like, oh, you know, like, it, it can't... It, it, you know, this isn't too bad. Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor could have been much worse. It could have been the dude that played fucking Prince No More. I'm sorry, it's not No More. It's No More. Why the fuck you got to change all the these things? I don't get it. Just if uh, I know. And what that, I really don't oh. get is like 
the book is right there. The I know book has you... made a shit ton of money. Just <laughs> I, I just throw this out there to everybody. <laughs> just imagine if they made the Harry Potter movies, but said, "Hey, what if instead of going to Hogwarts, they go to Nepal?" Like every Harry Potter fan would say, "Okay." I'll give it a shot, but that sounds really dumb. Yeah. <laughs> the magical land of Liverpool. Right. Like, <laughs> here's Harry Potter in the Hamptons. <laughs> Harry Potter meets Ringo Starr. <laughs> I am Ringo Starr. I'm the new professor at Hogwarts. I teach music class. Jesus, the crossover we never want to see. I wonder if they taught humanities at Hogwarts. Probably not. Muggle studies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fucking nerd because I know that. Well, it was always weird when Ron's father did the whole, oh, I'm an expert in muggles. Like, well, don't you all kind of live among them? Well, I don't that think just they did because you... they lived in a boot in the middle of nowhere. Oh, that's true. They're not a boot. Look like every time I see their house, I think of the old lady in the shoe. <laughs> every time I see it, but like, wouldn't Harry be more of an expert on Muggles than he would, since he lived with all of them? Yeah, I would think so, considering that he was always around them. <laughs> you know, one thing about Harry Potter, and after this, I promise we'll go back to wrestling. But here's one thing, and this might be a little spoiler for some of you, but I don't care because it's been forever. And if you haven't read the books by now, you're probably not gonna. So I read Order of the Phoenix when I read Order of the Phoenix. Um, because I fuck you all, I love Harry Potter. I think it's great. Um, I read Order of the Phoenix and I loved it. That was great. And I I did read it before I saw the movie, which is a very rare occurrence where I'll read the book before because I don't want to be pissed off when I watch the movie. Because technically because historically, whenever I've seen a movie second, I'm like, fuck this, they've changed everything. So I guess that's why Disney's okay with changing things because they don't expect anybody to have read the comic books. I don't know. But in Order of the Phoenix, there's a whole there's a whole scene like where or it's Order of the Phoenix, and then it's like into the other books later where like Harry and Dudley finally like make amends. I don't know if you ever read those books. No. So they so Dudley's such a dick to him in the early books and in the movies, right? Right. And at the end of the books, like Harry's going through some fucking really fucking gnarly shit, you know, and Dudley, he and Dudley Dursley finally like they they actually like talk and Dudley like apologizes to him. I, if I'm remembering this correctly, because it's been a long time, but like Dudley actually apologizes to how he treated him and how he was like they proud of him and stuff like that. They actually made amends at the end. And I'm like, why didn't you put those that in the movie? That would have been a great, like, dramatic storytelling right there. A touching, heartwarming moment? Yeah. Like, why wouldn't you? Because, I mean, they they wanted to make him such a heel. But the thing is, is that if after all the things that are going on, and Dudley finally realizes that Harry and his friends are trying to protect the world because Voldemort wants to fucking kill humans, and he realizes that they're trying to protect the world, and Dudley's finally like, Harry, you know... You know, this bump, you know, I, I get it. And I'm sorry for how I treated you. And I really think that that should have been in the movies. I don't know why they admitted that. That's fucking dumb. But yeah, I was it seems waiting like for a, 
Yeah, especially all the stuff they did throw in. Like that seems like a thing they could have had. Yeah, I was waiting on the Harry Potter movies to get to like the the Lord of the Rings like extended editions with like an extra hour and a half. That would have been cool. Yeah. <laughs> Not gonna Man. happen now. Half the cast is dead. Oh, and Lord of the Rings is like nine hours if you do the extended stuff. Oh, and I love it too. So my wife doesn't know this, and she doesn't listen to the podcast anyway. I'd be but, shocked if she did, to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah, she says she has listened to me all day, so she didn't want to listen to me outside of it. <laughs> um, so for Christmas, I bought her the Lego Rivendell. Oh, nice! And it's like this big ass, like it's like seven thousand pieces thing. And that's what I got her for Christmas. Like one of the things I got her, but because she loves Legos, and I'm like, well, fucking, this is like the Lego. Because I kicked myself, I kicked myself when I didn't buy her uh, Sauron's Tower, or yeah, when that came out with the eye and everything, I didn't buy that, and I kicked myself for not buying that because now it's like ungodly expensive. Because Lego appreciates Lego's appreciation and value is better than gold, and I'm not oh, kidding. You've actually inspired me. I've started doing that, like just buying sets and wrapping them up. Yeah, well, you what you do is you buy two of each set you like you sets that you want to do always buy two of them so then you have one that you can put together and fuck around with and then you have one that's like appreciates later when you want to fucking you know buy a house (laughs) (laughs) and i wish i see and that's the thing and i'm kind of i'm kind of preaching uh i don't practice it because fucking legos are expensive but like i have um one of the ones I haven't opened yet, and I've had it. I've had it for about five years. Is I have Lego Voltron, and I haven't opened it. <laughs> and uh, we, have, but we have other stuff like we have the Death Star, and we have the the big ass Super Star Destroyer. We've opened all those, and I was like, man, but they were like six hundred dollars or five hundred dollars a piece or something. So we didn't want to. We didn't want to not put right. them together. You know, like you see them, you're like, oh, don't put those together. So I don't know. Anyway. You know what? At the um at the convention we did a few months ago, right across the street at that like vintage toy comic book store. Yeah. They had the G.I. Joe aircraft carrier. Yeah, I saw that. It was awesome. Oh, dude, the whole time, like, how is this not in a case? Like, I could touch it. I won't because it says not to, and I'm not a dick, but Yeah, they have they have a uh vintage toy store here where I live and it's fucking amazing and they have one there too and it's like oh, it's so awesome. I never collected G.I. Joe's I really wish I I had some but I never really got into it I don't know why I think I was more into Ninja Turtles no that checks out I wasn't that into it either <laughs> but now I'm like man G.I. Joe's were awesome don't you wish you could play with toys like don't you right. wish like it would be socially acceptable for us in our in our in our older age should be like okay i'm breaking out the old hasbro uh, wwf ring and we're gonna get those motherfuckers out and play oh i certainly wish i could get that feeling back yeah yeah i still have it i still have mine like i still have all that shit it's like sometimes i just wish i could just do that and no you can't do that it's not socially acceptable if i did that my wife would come in and be like what the fuck are you doing and i'd look up and go it's just like being in the ring But yeah, I had God, I had all those wrestlers. Like I had 
um, the Rockers and Demolition and Andre and Jake, you know, Jake Roberts. And I got Ricky Steamboat and Hogan and Macho Man and Warrior. And I didn't get Yokozuna. That was one of the later ones that they made. And I didn't do that. I wish I would have. So I don't know. But they have all the they have all those at that fucking toy store too. Oh nice. Like man, I wish I could go back. They have the toxic crusaders, dude. And it's like I went in there, it's like, man, I would love to get a toxie. That'd be cool to have, you know. And they were like $150 for one that's not even in the box. That's what I said. I saw some of the collection and just, oh, that's cool. How much is that? $80. Absolutely yeah. not. And the, the problem is, is fucking people, kids don't play with toys anymore. No. Like little kids do. But most kids just want the fucking phone or They want their phones and their tablets. And Yeah. I mean, I, I even as a kid, though, man, I would game like blisters on my thumbs, like from playing Nintendo like as a kid. But I still played the fuck out of my action figures. I still did that. But they don't do that anymore because, you know, kids don't. Kids are forced to grow up. A little, I mean, we're getting a little fucking preachy, I guess. But kids are so forced to grow. They're grow to grow up so much quicker. Now. I also blame just any parent who they want their kid quiet, so they just put a screen in front of them for their whole life. Yeah. Like, okay, I appreciate you're not letting the kid run around the restaurant. That being said, it can't possibly be healthy that a three-year-old is just on their tablet for the entire duration of dinner. Yeah. Like with my kids, it was hard because I was a gamer. So the kids always were around while I was gaming. So they kind of picked up on it. Mm -hmm. But I have to get on them now about their phones. Like, put your phones down. We're at the restaurant. You know what I mean? So, whatever. But speaking of things we got to see on screen, SmackDown was on. <laughs> yeah. I did I watch SmackDown? I think I did. Well, the big show-long story, which I always love it when they have a show-long story that pays off at the end. Yeah. Was, will Randy Orton sign with Nick Aldis in SmackDown or with Adam Pearce and Raw? Yep. And I think which he ain't... got his arm twisted. Right. <laughs> And I love the idea. First off, I love Nick Aldis as the guy in charge of SmackDown. Mm -hmm. Like, he's not being a heel, but he's definitely more authoritative than Adam Pierce is being. Right. And yet, Nick Aldis has a total point where he just said, Randy, you said you're coming back for the bloodline. They're on this show. I can give you everything you want. Yeah. Man, I'm, I miss having... I honestly I think because there's I think that with having Nick Aldis on SmackDown, I don't think Adam Pierce quite works out anymore. Cause I think you need to have like a yin and a yang, right? Right. So you need to have like Mr. Super Professional on SmackDown, and then you need to have like someone like a rugged fucking workers, you know, a working man's GM on the other show, which would be like someone like Stone Cold or I mean it wouldn't be Stone Cold, but someone like that. They had teased um right after the invasion angle and all that, that there, the Sandman may have become the GM of raw. Do you remember that? No, I, I feel they, like what? So they had a, a thing where like they were all wrestling or something. And they had a match for like control of like, it was like a tournament or something. I don't remember exactly, but like Sandman was in the like top running contention to be the GM of raw. 
And the whole time I was like, that's going to be fun. That'd be <laughs> hilarious. Because like, like when, when Foley first was GM, like back commissioner, back in like um, in 2001 or whatever, before the whole like Stephanie's in charge of your, you know, that bullshit, when it was actually fully in charge of everything with the gavel and the, that was fun. That yeah, was and fun he rode around on the golf cart. Yeah, he was a working man's GM, which was really cool to see because everyone loved Foley and he was wacky and it was hilarious. They tried to bring him back, having Stephanie in his pot, like in his ear. That didn't work. It was dumb. But like, so with 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 uh, Nick Aldis as like Mister Super Professional, I think Raw needs somebody that's more like the GM. Like, I think even Cody Rhodes would have been a good GM over there. But Cody's a worker, so it's not going to work out. But yeah, my big problem with Adam Pierce is Adam Pierce just gives everybody what they want, right? Whereas Nick is doing, this is what I'm doing, like it or not. Like, that yeah. was this whole thing. Paul Heyman comes in. So, I hear you're going to try to sign Randy Orton. Does my client know about that? And, of course, Nick, well, I have an email here that says every communication to Roman Reigns goes through you. So, consider this Roman Reigns knowing. <laughs> it's awesome. I, uh... Plus, he has the British accent, and when which, you're a, when you're a douche and in charge and have the accent, that's just the best. You know, even like I mean, I know everybody loves Teddy Long as the GM of SmackDown, but I never liked that because every fucking time he'd come out, I'd be like, "You're gonna pop the Undertaker, player!" Like I'm like, "How many matches do you want the Undertaker to wrestle tonight?" Jesus Christ, give the guy a break! Oh, even as a kid, I started to get annoyed by that. Yeah, <laughs> and it started to make sense. Like, well. Why is the Undertaker going to work if you don't have anything for him until the guy in the opening segment pisses you off? <laughs> right. <laughs> I, like oh, that, that's my big issue whenever they do we have a problem with each other, we're gonna make you the next match. Like, well, what was your plan for TV time until these two had a little kerfuffle in the back? Right. He, yeah, he was just there getting his paycheck for nothing. Like, there's just some guy <laughs> formatting the show going, oh, shit, I got 30 minutes to fill. I have no idea how we're going to... Oh, God, those two are having an issue with each other. Let's just put them in. Undertaker player. Yes. <laughs> uh, I don't know. There there should be someone, like, that could do that. You know what I mean? Like, because, like, like I said, there has to be a yin and a yang, especially if you're going to start doing, like, brand warfare again, which I think they're trying to hint around to doing. I bet by I bet you by Survivor Series next year it's a brand warfare thing again. I'd love it if they actually did Nick Aldis versus Adam Pierce. I'm sure Pierce could go one more time, and Nick is still in shape. Oh yeah, they both good probably. But man, it would be cool to like, like I don't want anyone like Ric Flair because oh my god, like if they brought him in there to be GM again, that would be fucked up. But like, oh, they could do Steamboat. Steamboat would be fine, you know. That would be a, he would be like a real classy, you know, upper upper echelon working class hero, right? You know what I mean, which would work. But I, I it's got to be someone who's like ready to who will be like. I always think it's someone who should be like the wrestlers are scared to fuck with. You know what I mean? Like if you have the pomp and circumstance on the other show, you should have the one that the workers are like. Uh yeah, we shouldn't be fucking around because so and so couldn't come out here. We don't want him to fuck with us. You know what I mean? Which is why Stone Cold would have, you know, because everyone's afraid of Stone Cold. <laughs> bring fucking Undertaker back and bring him in back in his fucking big evil and have him run the fucking shit. 
and hold like wrestling court as the GM on Raw. That would be cool. That'd be even a great segment if they did like wrestlers court and the Undertaker was the judge. Well, they, yeah, because they, I mean, they tried to do that once with like Chris Masters and they did a whole thing with Eric Bischoff. That was dumb. But like having like having the Undertaker just being like, like in the back and he's like, uh, you know, whatever. And the guys come back and they're just, they're fucking around in the ring and they're all like, oh. And then Cody stops and is like, you know what's going to happen if we do this right now? Undertaker's going to come out and fuck all of us up. That's what you need. Because you need like someone to really be afraid of your GM. So like there's some power there. Not like Stephanie or Triple H who are just gonna be like, we're gonna interfere. You need someone that's like gonna come out there and fuck you up. You know what the other huge problem with Stephanie was? No one ever got one over on her. The only person to ever get a measure of revenge against heel Stephanie McMahon was Vicky Guerrero. Yeah, Chris Jericho. When he what? Chris Jericho always get well. I mean, not as her as GM, but like, no, as GM, the only person I can think of that ever embarrassed got one over whatever was when Vicky shoved Stephanie into the gravy on Thanksgiving or mud <laughs> on whatever it was. Yeah, like that was it. Other than that, it was why is Stephanie untouchable? I get that she's the boss's daughter, but I can't stress enough. People got one over on Vince a lot. Yeah. Look at it. Look at they had a whole segment where they had shit fall on him. Right. For Christ's sake. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, the, the, I guess that was their way of everyone. Need, you know what's going to happen if Stephanie finds out that bullshit. But you need someone who's like, people are afraid of being beaten physically. Like, yes. if we fuck around, someone's going to come out and fuck us up. And it's going to be so and so. It can't be Kane because Kane's a joke at this point. After corporate Kane, no one fucking cares. It's got to be someone, like, even if not the Undertaker, it's got to be someone that, like, people are just like, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> you know, the one time Corporate Kane did a thing that I absolutely loved, they load Corporate Kane into the ambulance with a broken leg, and then, of course, the lights go out, everything turns red, there's smoke inside of the ambulance. No one ever addresses what happened to the ambulance drivers or whatever, but we'll move on. <laughs> and then the demon cane gets out and he's like limping and he looks all confused like why is his leg hurt and then he just <laughs> stomps awesome. and he fixes the leg and he goes to the ring and does whatever he does to whoever he did it to <laughs> that's great oh um but yeah so anyway that's that's just my i think that would be cool i think that would be awesome just like i mean raw's working now it's working but it's like when Adam Pierce came out when the Judgment Day and, and right before War Games where he's like, I've had enough of this. It's like, they don't care. Plus, you gave them what they want. They want a fight with each other. This is not a punishment of any sort. Right. But like but when he came out, he was just like, I'm sick of this. And no one's like, everyone's just like, we don't care what you say. Like, we're going to fight anyway. And we don't give a shit. And he's, he, someone needed to come out where they were just like, fucking stop. You know what just had that moment? I was watching NXT today, and did you get to see it? Yeah, I watched it the way I watch it, fast. All right, did you see Tatum? Not Tatum, it was... um, Who's the rich girl who's teaming with Tiffany Stratton now? I Tatum Paxley, I think. Why not? So, no, Kiana James. She's in the trainer's room talking to Tiffany and says... 
Next time I see Roxanne Perez, I'm going to kick her ass. You know where Roxanne Perez was? Three beds down. (laughs) And quite literally gets up. Oh, you're going to kick my ass? And they start fighting with each other. (laughs) Then Rena, the Rock's daughter, I think her name is Rena. Why not? Rena, Rena, whatever the hell. She apparently is Shawn Michaels' assistant or something like that now. I didn't know that. I thought she was still hanging out with Joe Gacy. I thought so, too. I guess I missed a few episodes, and they're not together anymore. She stands in the middle of them. They stop fighting long enough for her to say, I'm going to talk to Shawn Michaels about this. <laughs> she walks away, and they start like doing the claw at each other thing again. Like Once again, whoever wrote this, I hope you're just into sadism. Because you're torturing your audience. (laughs) Yeah, so what happened to Wesley? He's apparently injured for real. Yeah, there's a... He has a back... He has a back problem that's going to require 8 to 12 months of recovery time. Ouch. And, like, legitimate surgery. Oof. As opposed to the illegitimate surgery, as I hear myself say that. Hi, everybody. Hi, Dr. Nick. (laughs) Hello, everybody. You know, I was watching this thing on, like, fake surgeons who do shady shit and whatnot. And one of them they go to is on TLC. That seems like a TLC show. Yeah. (laughs) And one of the places was, like, in an apartment complex in Florida. Which, I'm just throwing this out there, if your surgeon is in the bottom floor of an apartment complex, you may want to check in on those credentials. Yeah, probably. Oh, like another one was doing butt injections, but using rubber cement? (laughs) What? Yeah. Man, they... Yeah. Much of that got real heavy. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, her clients were real hard asses. What are you going to do? Ah. well played sir listen if a horse is led to water don't be shocked if he takes a sip that's all i'm saying well done sir that was good and if you think for one second i didn't write that down so i wouldn't forget you are thoroughly mistaken And I have been trying to work that joke into a conversation for two weeks. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Oh, what was it? There was some story about Beyonce. I don't even remember what it was. (laughs) I sent the picture of Beyonce at the Super Bowl where she's all... (laughs) (laughs) The ultimate warrior picture. Yeah, and I just went, Beyonce's looking at this girl like... (laughs) And of course, first I'm talking to like, you found the one ugly picture of Beyonce? Like, no, I've had this for decades. I've just been waiting for the moment to be able to use it. I mean, I, I, I doubt it's been decades, but it feels like it's been decades. I had to go pretty far back in my photo album to find it. Beyonce's existence feels like it's been decades. Beyonce <laughs> is a star's existence. Remember when Destiny's Child broke up and... Who was the one who was in Freddy vs. Jason? That was Kelly Rowland. Thank you. Remember when Kelly Rowland put out a music video and she's all upset her friend, boyfriend, whatever, won't text her back, but she's using Excel? Yeah. <laughs> uh, same, same name, like in <laughs> masturbation. Oh, that's not how that song goes. 
No, but it might have been better. Didn't they? Didn't they? Didn't they also do Bootylicious? Wasn't that a fucking yes, Destiny's they did. Child song, Bootylicious? Yes, they did. Yeah, because I remember that song made me just question people's fucking. Just that was one of the songs that made me question anyone being allowed to have an opinion. <laughs> I'm like, okay. You know, at the same time, that was when, and I was smart about this because everyone else loved R. Kelly, and I always thought he was a piece of shit. But when he came up with the Gotham City song on Batman and Robin on the soundtrack, right? Have, you know what song that is? Yeah. Okay. City of Justice, City of Peace. Gotham City is not either one of those things. Like. R. Kelly needs to read a comic book, or at least watch the other three fucking movies. You know, I'm sure he was doing other things he shouldn't be doing at the time instead of researching properly. Right. You can't call Gotham City the city of justice, the city of peace, or whatever the fuck he says. It's wrong. It's very wrong. Like, he should have been like, city of corruption, the city of death. You know, like, he could have said anything negative. But no, he had to use positive. No, that's not right. Fuck you, R. Kelly, for, for all the terrible things you've done to people, and because of that. Was, like, everyone should have already been pissed off at you for that. That would have been great if during the trial, they just... <laughs> and for those of you who don't realize how horrible of a man this is, just listen to this song. Yeah, and there's a bunch of comic nerds being like, uh, no, that is not right about Gotham City. Although, I've wasted if, my life. Although, if you ever want a hilarious song, there's a song by R. Kelly called Real Talk. It's it's one of the funniest pieces of music, and I hesitate to call it that, I've ever heard. It's him having an argument with a girl about him being caught cheating. But it's just his side of the conversation and okay. not the other one. <laughs> so, like, the, the actual lyrics are something akin to... Oh my god, like... Did she say there were other guys there? Did she say there were other guys there? Were there other guys there? Then how's she going to catch me? <laughs> then I'm pulling my gun and I'm going to shoot someone. They got fucking trapped in the fucking closet oh. song. <laughs> Another great lyric. Bitch, I wish you would burn my motherfucking clothes. Was it the Andre Risen song? Is that what that was? Sure, might as well be. You know that. You know that story. Uh, Left Eye Lopez from TLC, yep. like, burnt all of his shit. Yep. <laughs> oh, god damn. Just uh, throwing this out there. Don't date psychos. No. Like, like, that's a bad idea. Don't do that. <laughs> maybe he just thought, well, she's a celebrity. She's not going to do anything incredibly risky to me. <laughs> and boy, were you wrong. <laughs> Just speaking ill of the dead, Left Eye Lopez. <laughs> Rest in peace. She's probably oh, burning Lord. something right now. Or herself. I don't know. I, <laughs> if you believe in that kind of thing. <laughs> to, to amend Jim Cornette, for the kind of people who believe in that kind of thing, that's the kind of thing those people believe in. <laughs> City of Justice. <laughs> Did you ever? Okay, so you know you you are aware of the trapped in the closet song. Oh yeah, I was sure. Hope so. American like, Dad did the best version of it. I don't know, man. That's a bold statement. Have you heard Weird Al's version? 
I did. The 12, it's like a 12 minute long song about being trapped in the drive through. Yep. That's I one love of, that version. One of the most ingenious fucking things I've ever heard. Like, I love the whole time how he's just frustrated with his wife will not pick what she wants for dinner. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. Anywho. So, yeah, so I watched NXT, and, I'm t- and I'll say this too. Even though he wasn't even wrestling, he just cut a promo, like a weird promo. Dude, fucking Lexus King, fucking Brian Pillman Jr. is killing it. Yes. He's entertaining as fuck. And good for him because I was right? really hoping he was going to succeed. And I will say this that dude looks, he, I said that before, he looks like his dad and like 1996 Chris Jericho. When he's in the ring, he looks like 96 Chris Jericho. Oh, even the announcer said he may be trying to distance himself from his father, but he clearly has his father's attributes. Yeah. Like, yeah, dude, like his face. Dude, he looks, looks exactly like him. It's fucking crazy. And they had and the way they have him all scruffy and his hair and everything, like it's perfect. Oh, did you see? Speaking of kids, Brock Lesnar's daughter set a record at Colorado University for shot put. Really? Now I'll just put this out there. You're gonna Brock's shot put daughter, this out there. Yeah. <laughs> Brock's daughter looks exactly like him. So undateable. Uh, Unless you're I, into that, I'm kind gonna of thing. I'm gonna go ahead and say the instant I go to someone's house and Brock Lesnar is their dad, <laughs> that's what I mean. Like, yeah. that's what I mean. Like, undateable. You do not want to like date her because you're gonna get f five. Like, I'm trying to think of some famous fighter, boxer, whatever, who has a son that might have a shot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Logan Paul. <laughs> Nah, that's now, that's crazy. E- even better was someone on Twitter goes, "Man, Sable's genetics didn't even try." <laughs> and then someone corrects them, going, "Well, no, it's actually from a different woman. Brock has a kid with a previous woman." They put up a picture of her, and the guy responds with, "Same exact comment. This person's <laughs> genetics didn't even try." <laughs> I mean, like, look at Brock Lesnar. You know, like those genetics were like, "Fuck you," and F five the other genetics. Right, and they were like, "No, this is gonna be and that poor girl." Like, no, this gonna is be some like a legendary Viking berserker who's just going through time. Maybe she should join wrestling. She can be fucking like managed by Valhalla. That's exactly what I was thinking should happen. Yeah. <laughs> like the instant this girl is done with college, hey, if you want an instant million dollar career, go to the performance center. Well, and it's not only that though; it's just like, yeah, because you're gonna get shooed in already. Right, because of, because of who your fucking dad is, but also like if she's that much like him, like physically built, that's awesome. But the thing, the problem is, is there's still a stigma, and I don't care what anyone says. There's still a stigma with women's wrestling. The only, the only, there's only a few women that have been able to cross that and breach that, and that's why I'm always like an advocate for like letting the women fucking wrestle the dudes. That's why I'm an advocate for Rhea Ripley versus uh, Solo like they teased because if Ripley would go like fight solo in a vicious ass match, you know, even like the one she had with Charlotte, like that type of style match with solo Sokoa win or lose. She's fucking in there. Like that legitimizes her like in, in either gender of wrestling. 
Do you remember that video of Rhea Ripley scaring the fan in the front row? Yeah. So that happened again. Oh, really? To the same fan, apparently. Like, <laughs> like a year later, Ripley's at the Ripley's at the barricade, and a fan's like, "You scared me a year ago." Blah blah blah. And she's just, "Oh, really? Did I? Oh, really? Did I?" Then turns real quick, and he jumps, <laughs> and she actually says. She's like, there, I've scared you twice, you little shit. <laughs> yes. Rhea Ripley is a fucking, she's a goddamn national treasure. She is. She must be protected at all costs. Keep her away from Nia Jax. Like, I want her immediately granted dual citizenship if she wants it, whatever. <laughs> and I'm sure we mentioned this before, but... Rhea's career is going great right now, but you know when she's done wrestling, she's gonna still be in wrestling. Oh, yeah. Like, I could easily see her as an authority figure. A oh, real yeah. one. That would be awesome. And people would fear her. Because she, not, not only is she just, like, massive, like, like Rhea looks like she kicked somebody's ass. Male or female. But, like, also, like, she's a manipulative, like, her character. Like, she can twist things around and make people... Like, like she did with Drew. You know, she's like a master manipulator. She was a perfect GM. That'd be great. So if she ever oh, does, I, they should do that. I love that Drew was actually the one to say, I was promised I would get my hands on whoever he was going to get his hands. Oh, uh, Jay. Yeah, so, yeah. And then, of course, says, and we didn't win the match. Like, you still got your hands on him. Like, yeah. you were still in the cage with him. She did everything she promised she would do. Yeah. Now, Drew, has Drew even re-signed with them yet? I don't think so. I don't know what they're going to do. Like, he'll go to AEW in a heartbeat. Like, he had a really fun match with Sami Zayn, but other than that, I really don't think he... That would be news. As I hear myself say that, that would be front-page news if he re-signs. Yeah. I think the worst... I love where his character's going now. It was time. For him to go heal and now he's just like a fucking just angry just giant angry you know like scottish man you know and the worst part is he's right everything he's saying like no he he's right he's like thanos yes i don't care what you say thanos was right like i would have done everything i could to help that snap happen like especially so. just I mean, maybe you can look at it and say, okay, look, I, I totally agree with what you're saying here. Perhaps we could go about it without genocide. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you can do all this with a snap, surely you can create, like, another Earth on the other side of the orbit you, or something. You could double the universe. There, there you go. Double the universe and, like, you know, then everyone has unlimited resources and you can just keep doing it. If the double mint twins could double your pleasure and double your fun, surely he can double the universe. <laughs> double your pleasure, double your fun, with double makeup. Yeah, I remember that shit. I remember in Spaceballs too, like the two the twin girls are like with President Scroob. Yes. I'm Charlene. No, I'm Marlene. Oh, I'm Marlene. No, I'm Charlene. Yeah, chew your gum. <laughs> Oh, oh! That show was so movie. That movie was so good. Yeah, show movie. I call them interchangeable. 
all right i'm good people pe- well people like get on me about that too they're like oh no that's sh- that's a show i'm like well technically it's all a show like all right this visual medium of which i viewed through a screen <laughs> yeah I, I heard the stupidest thing in the fucking world today and i'm going to share it with you because you're going to think it's stupid too if okay. anyone gets mad at me for this you're fucking stupid and i'm sorry but you're fucking stupid I saw a news thing on social media today where there was this lady on the, it was probably, I think it was maybe Fox news or something. And they, and they had some girl on there and the girl was on there telling this, this news, this news lady that math was racist, like just math. And she's like, what are you talking? Like the news anchors, like this, you're a fucking moron. They shouldn't say that, but she's like, why do you say that? Like, you're a fucking idiot. She's like, well, it's racist to say that two plus two equals four. Because it, the four could identify as a five. Oh, Jesus. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking? Have we gotten to the point now where all logic has been thrown out the fucking window? This isn't gender studies or race. There's no, you can't be racist towards a fucking number. It's not a race. You know what I mean? First off, and numbers are logic. Like, look, you the only. You cannot no- change logic. It's It's impossible. The only logic. number you might be able to look sideways at is 666. Other than that, most numbers are pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, because it could be 999 if you look at it upside down. Fuck it. Right. You know? Like, but still, like, to, to come out and say 2 plus 2 equals 4 is racist? That What does that even mean? Like, have you gotten to the point where this... Has this fucking planet got to the point where people are this goddamn stupid? We've honestly gotten to the point most... Most words like that don't mean much anymore. Yeah. Like, oh, who was it? There's a political commentator. Why am I struggling with his name? But he's a gay man married to a guy with a kid. And someone said he was anti-gay. What? Like, how's that even? No, he's not. Like, no, he's not. Of, Of all the arguments you can make, that's not one of them. Yeah. That's uh, and like I'm sure if you dig into someone's background enough, you can find enough to say, "Hey, here's some shady shit that happened." Like, but that's not one. I don't know if this if this girl in this news was like trying to like make a like a comparison because it didn't really go into that. But it was like, but the anchor was like, "So you're saying math is like?" And she's like, "Yes, math is racist." And I'm like, "Math isn't a race." Math is an agenda. Math is just numbers and logic, and that cannot be changed. It's impossible. Math isn't even a coherent thing that has thought. No. So I'm just like, because like I said, I'm all I'm all for gender gender neutrality. You know, I'm all for like you know everyone having the rights to do what they want to do and things like that. I have lots of friends that are transgender, and I'm cool. You know, like and, and to me, even to say, well, I'm cool with it. Well, no fucking shit. Like. I shouldn't even have to state that I'm cool with like people shouldn't be like, well, I'm cool with that. You should just accept it because it's people, you know, and if you care about people, you're going to accept them anyway. So like, it's kind of boastful to be like, well, I accept transgender people. That's like, yeah, which you should have been doing anyway without boasting about it. You know, (laughs) right? like, okay. If you're a decent person who's just living a decent life, God bless and joy. If you're a squirrely motherfucker who's doing squirrely motherfucker shit, I don't care who you are, you're probably <laughs> going to get found out. Right. And people are going to say, we're not down with this. 
Uh, I don't know, man. It just touched a nerve when I heard that today, when I saw that thing today. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, this isn't anything. This isn't, this shouldn't even be an argument. Like, what are you doing? Shut the fuck up. Go home. Go to work. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That really is going to wind up on a t-shirt, isn't it? It should. <laughs> I'll make that shirt. It's like, people, you know, and that's the other thing. People will be so much happier in this world. Like, even me bitching right now about that. I shouldn't even be doing that. Because I should just shut the fuck up, go to work, go home, shut the fuck up. <sighs> Speaking of going to work and shutting the fuck up and... I don't know where that segue is going. I just wanted to like throw that in there so we could switch back to wrestling. <laughs> sure, we had Becky Lynch attempting to be interviewed backstage until Nia Jack showed up. So basically, and I guess Becky Lynch tried to go to work. Yep, and she got shut the fuck up. <laughs> yep, and <laughs> Becky reminded us we still never got the comeuppance of Nia Jax breaking Becky's nose. That's you true. Know, years after anyone asked for it. No, it's because Vince was like, that doesn't matter. That's not good shit. I mean, still the best thing that ever happened to Becky Lynch, her career took off after that. That's true. Yeah, because that's when she started being the man and all that other crap. Yep, and it's one of the worst things that ever happened to Charlotte Flair, because if you think for one second, Charlotte was not going to be against Ronda Rousey in the main event and take the championship... But yeah, we want one of those with... rare occasions where events listen to the fan base. And once again, purely because he didn't have a choice. Like, well, that's what I understand. Like LA Knight, like it's almost like they're trying to kill LA Knight's fucking. Like right now, they're trying to kill his his uh, momentum. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, they keep with putting Randy him Orton. In, they keep putting him in nothing stuff, and he keeps making it work. Like just. Let him do his thing. And you know, you don't have to put him in like the world title picture, but you could definitely like put him up against like Gunther or Logan Paul or someone like that, like for a mid, like legitimize a mid card title. Oh, speaking of that, apparently there's going to be a tournament for the number one contendership to Logan Paul's championship. Yes, I heard that. So it's going to be Santos Escobar, Dragon Lee, Karrion Cross. Where the hell has he been? Yeah, Bobby no, Lashley, I... Grayson Waller, Austin Theory, an unnamed NXT star, and Kevin Owens. You know who would look great with a U.S. championship over their shoulder? Braun Breaker. L.A. Knight. <laughs> L.A. Knight. <laughs> maybe, maybe that NXT star is Braun Breaker, though. Entirely possible. But I don't think they should. I think he should be in the Rumble. And I think he like I think you and I were talking about that before, where you were saying he should be an entrant in the Rumble. Yep, I think he should be an entrant in the Rumble. Gunther eliminates him. Shenanigans happen. Braun Breaker is the one to beat Gunther for the championship. I think Braun Breaker should be in the final four of the Rumble. That'd be a good I, one. I think he should start not in one or two, but I think he should like start in the first in the top eight, like maybe seven or eight. Yeah, in the top eight entrance, and he's in the he's towards the end. Maybe he's in the final three. You know what I mean? I think that would be cool. And then he shows up after the rumble. He shows up to like Monday Night Raw, and oh. says, "Okay, fuck y'all." Like I'm speaking here. Of, speaking of the rumble, other news that could affect it. Apparently, Kazuchika Okada is going to be a free agent in early 2024. 
which if he signs with WWE, he could come out in the Royal Rumble to next to no fanfare, let's be honest. But then they could build up for how good he actually is. And could you imagine saying, um, and that's a, that would be a cool match. I'm not trying to pigeonhole anyone, but a cool match at WrestleMania would be Shinsuke Nakamura versus Okada. It would be. That would be a cool match. And that would be something both those guys can work together. They have before. The like, only thing that concerns me is Okada, he thrives under really long matches that just start off slow and then build and build and build until the final, like, oh man, they're really going at it. He's not going to have time to do all of that if he's in WWE. Yeah. And I really would hate to see him go to AEW because I don't, it's not that a like he wouldn't work out there. I just think they wouldn't utilize him properly. He would just get mixed in the shuffle because uh, Takeshita, have we seen Takeshita do anything recently? He does stuff with the Don Callis family, but not really. Like, yeah, I mean, that's the same thing as going to have no Okada. And that's the big problem with AEW right now is so much of their stuff is other people's stars. Like, you have, uh, we had, oh, who did we have? Hang on. So for Dynamite, we had John Moxley versus Roosh. I'll give you Roosh, because Roosh wasn't a major star, but Moxley is a WWE guy that you stole. We had Roddy doing his interview. Roddy is a WWE guy stolen. We had Renee doing the interview. WWE girl that you stole. Yeah. We had Samoa Joe involved in MJF with Hangman. Samoa Joe is a guy that was stolen. We had Briscoe versus Strickland. I'll give you Briscoe. Not a huge star. Strickland is a WWE person that was stolen. Yeah. Tony Storm versus Sky Blue. Tony Storm is a lady that was stolen. We had Jay Lethal versus Jay White. I'll give you Lethal. He was in TNA, ROH, whatever. But yeah. Jay White, that's a New Japan guy that you stole. Yeah. Then we got Christian versus Edge. Two WWE guys. There's AEW isn't building their own people anymore. No, like like they should still be building like Darby Allen, Orange Cassidy. Darby's hurt though, isn't he? Darby, last I heard, he might well be hurt, but last I heard, he was training to climb Mount Everest. Okay. Yeah, was he, he quite was literally... he gonna do like squirt fucking hot sauce in someone's face if they get up there second? <laughs> Sounds like you've seen that where he did does that to people. No, I I thought this was satire. What? No, no, like okay, so like uh, Vice had a show called the Rest of the Wrestlers or whatever. Okay. And on like one of the first episodes, they were like profiling certain wrestlers, and Darby Allen was one of the people they were profiling back when he was in um, uh, Evolve, and he, they were following him around, and he was like doing a bunch of dumb skate stunts with all of his friends. That checks and, like, out. And if they fucked up the thing, they would squirt each other in the eyes with hot sauce. That's what they would do. That is so stupid. Yeah, that's like, and I was sitting there thinking, like, and then they would dump milk all over themselves. I, I can't wait to the visit to the local optometrist of, well, here's why your vision's fucked up, dummy. Yeah, and they just would do that. And I'm just like, I was watching this as like, okay, so like Darby Allen, like he was okay. And now I just like, but he's like, it's the thrill, you know? And it's like, that's fucking stupid. Like, and it just made me just, it made me hate him. Like the only person I get, like they followed Austin Theory around in that same episode. And that actually made me like appreciate Austin Theory because I was just like, okay, like I see what they're doing with him. And you know, like they're showing his like 
his eating regiments and how he's getting ripped and how he was like training and things like that. I'm like, okay, I get that. But then you go to Darby Allen, he's like, we're going to do these weird skate tricks that are dangerous and will hurt, hurt ourselves. And if one of us misses, we're going to spray each other in the face with hot sauce and then dump milk on us to, on our faces to neutralize it afterwards. And I'm like, you're that, a fucking idiot. That's not, that's not how that works. Yeah. I'm just like, you're a fucking idiot. Like, I know that theory that milk neutralizes hot sauce. Go ahead and watch Hot Ones one day. <laughs> it, it doesn't seem to work the way you guys think it does. And, yeah. So, th- yeah. So, anyway, Darby, that's probably what he's doing. He's probably, like, climbing Mount Everest with his buddies. Whoever gets up second gets sprayed in the face with, with hot sauce, and then we're going to roll you down the mountain. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it's like It's like an even more irresponsible version of Jackass. That's saying a lot. <laughs> yeah. Anywho. <laughs> oh, so here's one of those segments that definitely could have been cut just to... Okay, so I know everyone says, let's bring Raw back to two hours. I acknowledge that will not happen. But surely we did not need Imperium talking to DIY with Indy Hartwell and whoever the Poison Pixie is and her name escapes me. Oh, uh... Johnny's uh, wife. Yeah. I can't remember her name either. Because it's not Gargano. Right. Like, we could have skipped this whole segment and given another match five minutes. Or this could be a commercial. See, I didn't see it because I watched the Hulu version where they cut all that nonsense out. Well, clearly that person wasn't the sadist that filmed this. Because <laughs> it's only an hour. It's only an hour and a half version of Raw when you watch it on Hulu. So... It's like it cuts all the commercials out, which is about an hour, I'd say. Well, maybe not 45 minutes or so. Then it cuts out like matches. Actually, matches that are like lower mid-carders that I would actually would have liked to have seen. So oh, did they sucks. show you did they show you Natalia versus or no Natalia and Keegan Knox versus Carter and Chance? No, I don't think so. Well, the best part of that match was definitely Chelsea and Piper Niven on commentary. Piper tells, I think it was Michael Cole, to just call her Miss P. Miss P, nice. And Wade Barrett responds with, now how is that spelled? P-E-E? Like, oh, God damn it, Vince McMahon is back. <laughs> That's funny. But I'm yeah, just down the, here real quick. Natalia Knox... they're not that good together they just they don't have chemistry together and maybe if they work on house shows or whatever do they even do house shows anymore uh yeah they do they do um i know there's a lot of like they just call them live events or whatever but they do them a lot i know they do them a lot around here they have sometimes they'll be up in fort wayne or they'll be in evansville or they'll be wherever just like in not in indianapolis but in like smaller bigger towns if that makes any fucking sense. No, it totally does. Like, yeah, I saw I saw an NXT house show at one point, and you could tell they were in fact it was when um Sean Spears was in and he was doing his whole perfect 10 gimmick. Yeah. And before we ever got to see it on television, someone does the whole test of strength thing where they hold up a hand and all their fingers are out, and Sean just goes, No, 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 not five, ten. <laughs> and of course the crowd cheers then you saw it a few weeks later on raw like oh he was testing it 
<laughs> but he was smart and he was testing it when it wasn't on television. So if it didn't work. Yeah. Well, it didn't work real well for him anyway. No. And that, that was, that was actually, bad booking, though. That was actually the whole thing that happened with Triple H and Scott Steiner was they kept having horrible matches at house shows till they finally just turned it into tag team matches. Then at the Rumble, they had their big match and went, let's be done with this. Yeah. <laughs> and some some wrestlers even, you know, like I'm not taking Scotty Steiner's a good wrestler. Especially when he was young, you know, when there was the Steiner brothers and stuff, it was great to watch Scotty Steiner. He was the one that did more of the, he was the one who did the Frankensteiner, you know? It still blows my mind that in the Observer Hall of Fame, the Steiners are not in the Tag Team Hall of Fame. That's because Meltzer's an idiot. It's also, so this is the one where his readers, whatever, get to vote on it. Like, who is, who is vetting these people as someone who should be able to vote on this? Let me guess. There were like five or six AEW tag teams in the in the top ten. Sure, I I didn't even look. It was just annoying after a while. Like they probably put they probably put like not taking anything away from the acclaimed, but I mean, like that that's probably someone that he there like oh yeah the acclaimed needs to be in the top ten like Hall of Fames and like Swerve and they put Swerve and. And Keith Lee in there after they broke up. These teams should be in the Hall of Fame. That seems like some dumb shit that he would do. Oh, apparently Samoa Joe is up for the Hall of Fame next year, which, like, how does someone who has, like, a solid number, I don't know, another 10 years worth of their career get in the Hall of Fame? Shouldn't you be at least <laughs> close to retirement? I don't know. I mean... Like, while Ed, we're at it, why don't we put Avenge Sevenfold in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Just oh. one of those, eh, they're good enough. <laughs> So I know, okay, so one of my friends from college, his father-in-law is one of the voting members of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Okay. And I asked his father-in-law once, I'm like, where are you guys coming up with these ideas? And he flat out told me, he's like, trust me, he goes, it's, yeah, okay, I'm I'm involved, but he's like, it's all political. All of it. It has nothing to do with, like, how much they're loved or how much they're like good or whatever it has everything to do with what's politically you know i refuse to believe it's even about who would sell tickets to the concert or the venue of the rock and roll hall of fame itself yeah like, i was I'm, my, like i'm sorry who's buying tickets to the rock and roll hall of fame to see the grandmaster flash exhibit <laughs> nothing against grandmaster flash but the fact that he got in before kiss it's a little weird is Tom oh, by the Waits? way, I have tickets Tom... to Kiss's next farewell tour. I think this is the 15th one. <laughs> nice. Eventually, Gene Simmons is not going to be able to do it. But they're not going to tell anybody. And it's going to be like, everyone's going to be like, oh, the farewell tour, whatever. They're going to keep doing it. And then Gene Simmons will be like, I can't I can't sing anymore. You know, like like Brian Johnson. Everyone want to see ACDC and Brian Johnson. Brian Johnson can't sing anymore. Oh, no. You know what they'll do? Paul Stanley is just going to go, look. We're going to get Nikki Six. He's got the same hair. He wears the same boots. We'll just put some face paint on him. It'll be great. <laughs> He'll be better than Axl Rose. Yeah. The... <laughs> when, when I saw Metallica in, uh, in Jersey recently, they had this big thing in two weeks, Guns and Roses. And I'm looking at it going, oh, man, I would love to see Guns and Roses. Then one of my friends was kind enough to bring me back down to earth and go, no, no, no. You wanted to see Guns N' Roses. 
keep in mind you've seen slash steven adler duff mckagan izzy stradlin not all at the same time but you've seen each one individually you don't want to see this I... <laughs> or at least you don't want to see this for the three hundred dollars it'll cost you they should have a giant billboard that says come see what used to be guns and roses <laughs> Uh, my band was supposed to play at the uh, Hard Rock Cafe at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, nice. We were supposed to play. It was 2000 and, oh, God, 2003, 2004. My band was supposed to play at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'm going to know why it didn't happen. Bassist. Was it the bassist? No, the it's bassist. Usually the bassist or the drummer. It, 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 no, it was. No, it, I think it was it was mostly the guitar player, the lead guitar player. Okay, and the bassist. They were both like, oh, I don't know." Like, I was like, fucking... "What do you mean you don't know?" Yeah, like... I know, dude. Okay, I had it set up to where we were actually got we got set up on, um, to be able to play at, at the Air Force bases in Europe. Like my band was, they were gonna pay us. To travel Europe and play at the fucking Air Force bases and the military bases around Europe. And making decent money, not like fucking huge money, but like good money, enough to survive on and enough to like send back home, you know, like and right. be okay. And they were like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't really want to do that. I just don't want to like, feel like it. I'm like, and then so I got us the gig at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame where we were actually, um, we got booked by record executives to play the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame where they were going to watch us and see if we would, if they would want to give us a, con a record contract. And this isn't just like some random, this is like Virgin Records and fucking like all these major labels at the time. Uh, I think Victory Records and a few others were there. And I said, we got this set up that this is the time they want us to play. This is the day. This is where they're going to put us up in a hotel. This is where we're staying. I don't know, you know, like, I just kind of want to party that weekend, you know, I just want to sit at home, you know, I just want to, like, I, I was planning on, you know, I was planning on, like, playing some Scrabble or some bullshit, and I'm like, fuck you guys, I, I quit the band, like, right then, I was <laughs> like, I'm done, I'm like, these are, like, two of the biggest things that could ever happen to you guys, it's like the time that Funimation reached out to my, to one of my yep, older bands, I remember, for a song for Dragon Ball Z, because we played a song about Dragon Ball, they're like, "We want to put you. We'll come and pay for it." And then they, and then my guitar players, well, I just want a good party, you know. I've got I got plans at at, uh, at Purdue that weekend or whatever. I'm like, "Fuck me!" Like, uh, and it's so the mad. worst when you have to grab someone by the ears and go, "Listen, if if you don't party this weekend, you get to party for eighty more weekends, right?" Like, and... I can't stress this enough. Do you think Mick Jagger lives a boring life? <laughs> I mean, these guys, we were, they were, and that's the thing. It wasn't like we were in our 30s and we were settling down and shit. We were all married, but we didn't have kids, you know, or anything like that. And they were just, like, yeah, I don't know. Like, it was good. One, of them was, one of them was working at like a fucking Walmart or something. And like, one of them, you know, and I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, and there's nothing wrong with that, but if there's ever a time to call in sick. Yeah, right? It's like, I think Walmart, like, they can deal with it, you know? And nope, not going to happen. So I had to, oh, Jesus Christ. If I had a nickel for every time something like that 
but that's why the the rusty razor in the chair shots album like this yep. band thing i'm doing with you know a few of our you know friends and stuff that were putting i i mean i wrote all the music myself all that music aside from the solos i've written every piece of that music like even the drums the bass lines the guitar lines the lyrics the vocals it's all me except that is for... a fun lead into the watch alongs by the way <laughs> yeah it is. yeah oh thank you that's cool yeah i I've been working on more music. I'm trying to get that album pushed out as quick as I can. Because not not as quick as I can, but as quick as I can and it'd be good. Because I've said this a lot of times. It's like I cannot master fucking music to save my life. Like that was not my expertise in film school was audio production. That was like the one thing I was really shitty at. Don't let me do audio ever. <laughs> like you're like, hey, this guy edits this stuff. Let's have him do audio. I can I can fix audio and post and make it acceptable. Sometimes <laughs> it depends on, but I I you know like so if someone's like, can you mix this? I'm like, absolutely not. I'm like, I would love to help you, and it would be great, and I'll do it. I would do it for free, but you don't want me to do it. Trust me. So they show this all the time in like music videos or whatever. You know when you push, I, I know nothing about audio, so forgive how crude I'm going to say this you push play on whatever and all the knobs just go to wherever their preset thing is. Yeah. I always picture there's always footage of someone sitting on that thing talking. What if someone turned it on while they were sitting on it? (laughs) Fair. Like I like to picture all the buttons move to the right place and you just hear what the fuck. (laughs) I've never seen something that automatically moves the dials over. I've never been in that situation. It's entirely possible that I have been fooled by music video trickery. Like I'm sure I, I there's say this, like rich I was never tricked when stuff. damn Yankees turned a car into a Corvette. I was never tricked by that. <laughs> but entirely possible this is just a thing they did with photography and I was like, "Oh, that's cool that it can do that." I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> is that what the song you're thinking of? Yep. Looking high enough by the damn Yankees. With the oh. dude from Night Ranger and fucking Ted Nugent and I can't remember the other guy. Still, how did that come together? I'm guessing they were they were playing together at a festival. This is my theory. <laughs> they were all playing together at some fucking weird festival and Night Ranger like opens up for fucking Nugent and they're like, hey, we should play some songs together. And then like the third guy, I can't remember. I know he was prominent somewhere, but he comes up and he's was the guy from Styx, wasn't it? I keep thinking that, but I'm not certain. You know what? My phone is right here. Jesus yeah, look Christ. It up. Go ahead and tell the story. So, I think that like those guys were just sitting at a at a fucking music festival and they were just like really fucking high. And they were like really drunk. And they're like, oh man, I was so good. Like, yeah, bro, we should do that together. We should have like this 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 thing where like people are shooting at a house. It'll be great. That'll be our music video. And like Nugent's like, oh yeah, I got a lot of guns. Yeah, we could totally pull that off. We wouldn't even have to pay for the for the guns to be there. Like, we could totally do this. And the cops would be all like, I got a few buddies that, you know, arrested me a couple times. I could bring them in with their cars. For the... <laughs> so, who was it? Was it, it was the oh, dude. Hey, Night I... Rangers on tour. Oh, wow. And the crowd goes mild. Nowhere near me, so I don't have to worry about it. Yeah, I don't know. Night Ranger wasn't that bad. That was a little past my time of like the hair metal thing was slightly. I I grew up in the grunge era, right at the beginning of the grunge era. So that was when I hit the I like music 
but I'm pretty sure it was the dude from Night Ranger. It was one of the dudes from Sticks, and it was Ted Nugent. It was definitely Ted Nugent. It was definitely the dude from um. God, I want to say Night Ranger, but that's who we're talking about. Yeah, it is not. Yeah, it was the guy was from Night Ranger. Uh, yeah. So I'm gonna look this up too. Over. Yeah, it's um. Kelly Keegan. Jack Blades. Oh, there we go. Former. That would probably help. Ellen Fitzgerald, Jeff Watson. Jesus Christ, there's a lot of people in here. Damn, did they have like a... Hat, Ted Nugent's not even part of the touring lineup. <laughs> the damn Yankees touring? Okay, I'm I've got it. to Night Ranger. Jesus. All right, I've got it right now. Tommy Shaw of Sticks. Okay. Yep. Jack Blades of Night Ranger. Ted Nugent of the Amboy Dukes, which I've I always just heard of Nugent. I never heard of the Amboy Dukes. And uh Michael uh Cartoloni, who would uh later join Leonard Skinnerd. Okay. So that was the damn Yankees. See, Super it was really group. the see, so yeah, it was really the three, and then the other one joined Leonard Skinnerd later. Yeah. After a certain flight. <laughs> So there's a there's a super group band in Norway, like up in Norwegian area, Scandinavia and all that. Yeah. And they're like a, a black metal super group. That sounds fun. I can't remember the name of the group, but it was like it was some dark ass shit. They covered they did covers and one of the covers they did was Rebel Yell. Oh, nice. It was like a black metal like version of Rebel Yell. And they did. Uh, was it Creep? By Radiohead, I think that was the other one they did. It was creepy. So, I mean, I mean, no pun intended. I mean, it totally was intended, but you know what I mean? Like, no, it works. God, I can't remember what that band is called now. Damn it. But yeah, they did it. Yeah, that was a weird super group of Norwegian black metal bands. And it's amazing because. And it's amazing because still the worst supergroup is the band from the show Supergroup. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Did you see that? It had Evan from Biohazard. It nice. had Jason Bonham, Ted Nugent again, and Sebastian Bach. Oh, wow. And the whole show was... Chris Jericho was not invited to that show. He was not. And I look... <laughs> so they all go into the house... And the house is just this gaudy monstrosity of like statues and shit. And every single person who goes in, this is the dumbest shit I've ever seen. Look at this. This is so stupid. Look at this <laughs> ugly piece of Sebastian Bach is the only one who gets out of the car going, This is amazing. Look at this place. I think Sebastian Bach would be a really fun person to get drunk with. Oh, and on that show, they made him quit drinking. And if you're curious, it didn't take. I wouldn't think so. Man. I'll tell oh, you what, what, what made me... Uh, go ahead. I'll get oh, at one later. point. So Ted Nugent has the heart-to-heart with him. <laughs> They're doing a show. Sebastian, like, drinks out of a Jack Daniels bottle. Nuge comes over, puts his hand under the flowing Jack Daniels into Sebastian's mouth, tastes it, and it's iced tea. And I'm just throwing this out. If you're drinking on stage, don't be that guy who does iced tea. Yeah. Like, either do it or don't. Unless you're iced tea. Right. And then you can drink iced tea because then it's just hilarious. Exactly. 
I should have told. I should have told Ice that joke when I met him. I was <laughs> like, you should you ever go. You probably. If I, I'd have to have told him that at the end of our hanging out, right, to where he was used to my stupid shit. If I would have told him that at the beginning of the conversation, he would have left. But at the end, I would have been like, "Ice tea, hey, hey, Ice, do you ever drink iced tea on stage?" And he'd probably been been like, "You fucking stupid." <laughs> I need to find the dude. I need to find those interviews. I still have them. All the interviews I did with bands and shit, with Cannibal Corpse and with all these other bands, and I need to find them and post them up somewhere. Have you seen that Cannibal Corpse is kind of making a comeback on YouTube Shorts now? That's awesome. It's always some guy filming the security guard who catches all the crowd surfers and whatnot, and the lead singer comes out. This next song is about blood shooting out of your cock. <laughs> and of course, security guy's standing there all buff and serious and goes, what the fuck? <laughs> One of the most interesting interviews I ever did with a band was I interviewed, um, well, Mushroom Head, they were great. Like he, those guys and I clicked right off the bat and the guys from Body Count and I clicked right off the bat. But I actually really got along with the guys from Asking Alexandria. Okay. Yeah, they're nice. They're nice dudes. Waylon was a little drunk. Because Waylon, Waylon was always drunk. I don't even think he's their singer. I think maybe they brought him back. I don't know. But like, um, not Waylon. Yeah, his name's Waylon. That's weird because Mushroom Head had a guy named Waylon too. <laughs> Is it, was his name Waylon? Fuck, I don't remember. Anyway, um, the guy from Ask the, I can't remember who I had talked, a couple of the guys. And they were super nice dudes. And I think the only band I ever interviewed where I didn't, get along with them real well was buck cherry i think they're the only celebrities i've ever talked to that i don't get along with <laughs> and i'm not a hard person to get along with and these guys are their their lead guitar player was trying he like and you can hear it on the interview he's just trying to piss me off and i'm just like bro i'm drinking this tall boy right now because whenever i did my interviews i didn't give a fuck I went. Out, I was. I was in my mid twenties. I didn't give a shit. I went out and fucking just started. I would just go there with a fucking tall boy, a big ass fucking tall boy beers. And I was going to their tour buses with them, just drinking while we're doing the interview. And uh, that was kind of who was it? I was drinking with, and then they were like, "Where's mine?" And I brought them out. <laughs> brought them out their own. They're like, "Fuck yeah!" I don't know. Maybe that was. Maybe that was the guys from Corn. I don't remember. No, it was a dude from Texas Hippie Coalition. <laughs> That's who it was. That was an interesting interview. This big, oh. big, big, like 450 pound guy named Big Daddy Rich. Yeah, that checks out. Yeah, big dude. Oh, I had my crowning moment at a concert recently. It might be my best moment I've ever had. It was this band called Silverstein. I know and if guys. you ever, yeah, did you know the crowd is super into moshing and all that during their shows? Man, they're yeah. like an they're like an emo band, like an emo like hardcore yeah. band. I told one of my friends, dude, the music I'm hearing does not match what everyone is doing in the crowd at all. No, but that's like, there was... that's like moshing at a Silver Sun pickups concert. Exactly. <laughs> the, I told him it'd be like Taylor Swift going, "Everyone, clear a path." Yeah, <laughs> Massey stars on. Let's beat the shit out of each other. So this one guy, he kept coming up to my friend and I doing the little like, can I crowd surf? Like, yeah, dude, come here. And we would lift him up. He would do his thing. Well, then 
I finished my beer. I'm like, shit, I don't want to leave my spot, but I've also got the whole set to go and I don't want to hold the thing the whole time. Guy comes up behind us like, hey, can you lift me? Yeah, but can you take this to the front with you? <laughs> and I just gave him my empty can and sent him on his way. <laughs> That's awesome. God. I didn't even realize what I did until my friend goes, that might be the funniest thing I've ever seen you do. <laughs> and one time, me and my me and my best friend, we beat the shit out of a kid at a Rancid concert. I yeah. assume he deserved it. Oh, yeah, he did. Well, he was he was being a piece of shit. Um, it was wasn't Ran- yeah rancid was on when we were we were up front like we were dead front and which the guy was being a dick but the he wasn't he didn't i don't actually i don't think he deserved the beating we gave him because my friend's the one who initiated the beating on this dude because his girlfriend was with us and she had just had breast reduction surgery and decided it would have as a good idea to go to the front of the pit. Oh. At a fucking rancid show. Well, that's certainly a decision. So yeah, so like this guy, but this guy was just doing what everybody else was doing. But he was being excessively like running into her on purpose. Yeah. Kept hitting into her. So my friend and I grabbed this guy by his belt loop. And this is like 95 degree weather too. And we're outside. And grab him by his belt loop and fucking skid him across the pavement like a fucking rock on water. <laughs> oh, dude, he was, oh, this guy was bleeding all over. He, he's so fucking out of it, too. He's like, whoa, when he came up to us. And we're just, and then my friend just punched him and knocked him out. And I'm like, well, I don't know you right now, bro. And my friend, and I'm like, I'm leaving. <laughs> I went to the other stage. Right. Like, this is a twinge further than I signed up for. Yeah. I was like, yeah, well, but I didn't know. I didn't know. That my friend's girlfriend had just had surgery and she was up there in the pit. Like I didn't know until after that because if I would have known, like at the same time, I would have told her stay her ass out of the fucking pit. Don't be dumb. Right. We none of us like this girl anyway. She's a dumbass. Like we all hated her. Like all the way through like high school, fucking hated her. But like so, she, but she would do stupid shit like that, and then. And at the end of it, I think I was telling my friends, like, a little bit of excessive, like, well, he was hitting her, and this was like, why is she up here? Like, go over here. It's not busy. Like, you know, like, 50 feet this way. No one was hitting anybody. Walk her ass over there. Well, I wanted to be in the front. Well, then it then it was opportunity cost. Right. <laughs> do you want your health, or do you want, like, to go front row for rants and pick? This is fucking economics, I guess. <laughs> And I always find front row or right against the barricade, not even the best spot. You're not going to get the best acoustics there. No. That's why I always liked it when I was in radio, because I was up there, but I was on the other side of the barrier. Because all yep. the bands, all the bands would like have me up there taking pictures for them. I need to find that. I, I need to see that I took a really real my favorite picture. I took a really good one of Seether. They let me on stage with them, and I took a picture while they were performing, and I have that somewhere. I need to find that and show it to you. It's great. It's a good fucking picture. I took some of Godsmack. I took some for them, and I took some for uh, a lot of a Mushroom Head and a lot for uh, for Body Count and Ice-T. So, like, I was up up at the stage with, with 
with Ice T and Body Count too. That was really cool. That was fucking blast. So, oh well. There's pictures of me with Corn. Like I have like a couple pictures of me hanging out with with Ryan and Monkey from Corn backstage. Like really cool shit. Well, you want to talk about some not <laughs> sure? Let's talk about some not cool shit. Sure, let's talk about the main event of Raw, where for some reason the announcers had to act like Jimmy Uso has never had a chance at a championship before. Yeah, because that didn't just happen at a pay per view. Like... Exactly, like it, it's not even his second shot. He's had shots before. <laughs> Well, I hope he's had his shots or he'd be contagious. And right. Sorry, my bad. That was... <laughs> but really, like, they're doing this whole, this is my chance at the World Championship. This is the first time I've ever had a chance. Like, no, it's not. <laughs> well, it was for Seth's title, for that new title. It was his first opportunity at that title. Okay, I'll give him that. Yeah, but maybe not, like, for a title. Well, he wasn't even the one because his whole thing was I failed every chance and this is the next or this might be the last chance I have at a world championship for a while. Then the announcers were doing the whole he's never had a chance at a world championship. Like, yes, he has. So they said that they did Uh, without Vince, maybe without Vince, like barking in their ears. They say dumb shit now. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) So come on, pal, wake up. So when Vince was yelling at them, they were too afraid to say anything. And with Triple H around, they say the wrong thing. (laughs) You know what, though? It can never be worse than Mike Adamley. Oh, you didn't like Jeff Harvey. Bless bless his heart. He tried so hard. And then they made him the GM for some reason. Probably because they wanted to piss people off. Oh, Maybe because he bitched or something. And they like, oh, we got this guy on contract. He's threatening to give a shit. I don't know. The cat. Yep. <laughs> That's all right. My dog's been outside barking this whole time. If you didn't hear him, I had to text my kid while we were talking and tell him to put him away for the night. Oh, I did only a time or two. You were good. <laughs> but no, I love the before the match, Seth Rollins and Adam Pierce are backstage, and Pierce does the whole Nick Aldis just signed Randy Orton. I'm going to do my best to sign CM Punk, and he's going to be here next week. And Rollins replies with, well, CM Punk is going to show his true colors. So Punk having issues backstage is a story WWE is going to run with. <laughs> uh, they better like, put Punk on Raw, and I think they will. I would think so. I mean, if SmackDown just got Randy Orton, give Raw to Punk. I mean, maybe they're going to try a swerve, <laughs> no offense swerve, to like hey. put him on. <laughs> to put him on there but i think it's it's going to be better to have him on raw because first off first and foremost they're trying to sell raw they're trying to sell it to somebody because there's smackdown, even a chance it could not be on mondays anymore yeah because smackdown's going to usa yep and i don't know if that's going to be mondays or not but it's and nxt is moving to cw yeah, which is cool because I'll be able to watch it because it's local TV. I just have to right. buy a digital antenna. Um, Those things are awesome. Folks, if you don't have a digital antenna, they're worth it. I promise. I need to get one so I can actually have TV again. That would be that would be swell. Maybe that's what I'll ask for for Christmas is a digital antenna. 
That'd be the only way I'll be able to get one. Unless I, unless I like, I'm very nice and I ask and do some things in South Quahog that I'm not proud of. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, they, so it makes sense for them to put Punk on Raw if they're trying to sell it because Raw, who the fuck knows where it's going to go? Right. I, it it's could... always been, I mean, it's been on USA and it was on TNN, right? And Spike TV. It could go to Amazon. That's weird, though. But I have Amazon Prime, so if I'm, maybe it'll go. Maybe they'll put Raw as a live stream on Peacock. Right. Because where the fuck's the library going to go? That's what scares me is like they've already they've already cut down so much of the library that like I want it somewhere where I can watch the old stuff. I wish they would just left the WWE network up. It was perfect. Exactly. I mean, yeah. they and they had a fuck ton of subscribers. And the WWE Network still exists. It's overseas, but it still exists. Yeah. Why the fuck did they get rid of here? Because of the Peacock. They wanted to have yep. a deal and make money. But if but if Peacock doesn't have it, what are they going to do? Exactly. Like they should launch. They should launch it back here. I mean, and people will pay the ten bucks. I will. I, I will did pay ten bucks. I I did too. I would pay ten bucks a month for that. Like. I thought it was great because it was easy to get stuff. Since it's been on Peacock, it's hard to find anything. Oh my god. You you can't put in like Royal Rumble and then the year you have to put like season 23. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. And but anyway, they're gonna have to sell Raw to they're gonna have to have CM Punk on Raw because that's the only I mean Cody Rhodes and everybody else, and Raw's good. It's a, it's actually really good again, but Rhea Cody and Rhea can't sell that. No. So CM Punk is money, and that's I'm guaranteeing that's a big reason why they they signed him. And I bet you they threw a significant amount of money his way. Oh, I'll bet. Oh, and I you think... know what's and you know what's amazing? We're gonna get the biggest match AEW could have done: Cody Rhodes versus CM Punk. Yep, and we're gonna get it eventually. And I don't think it's gonna be anytime soon. No, I can't. I'm. I know this is a little ways away, but I think. I think Punk's going to win the Rumble. I think he's going to win the Rumble. I wish it would be someone else, but I like we talked about before, the main events at WrestleMania are already going to be Cody Roman and Punk's Rollins. That's what I think. My only issue with Punk winning the Rumble, I could see Punk winning like the Elimination Chamber. Yeah. But somehow, to get there, Cody has to challenge Roman on a different brand. That's true. The only way I know of that he can do that is to win the Rumble, which I don't want to see a back-to-back winner. Yeah. We saw it with Stone Cold, but that was fun. Right. Stone yeah. Cold Stone Cold was far more over than Cody Rhodes is. Yeah. Which, no offense to Cody, I like what Cody does. Like, whenever I see that, and that's the other thing about Cody Rhodes, when he pops up on Raw, like, aside from when he, because he always fucking cries. But like when he pops on there, I know it's going to be like, it's going to be, he's, he's added that pomp and circumstance back to wrestling. Yes. I I mean, I think that like when I look at like a highbrow person in wrestling, I automatically think Cody Rhodes, Cody Rhodes, he looks like a million dollars. He comes in there wearing suits every time, you know, like he looks, he reminds like a me star. of, he reminds me of the look and presentation of Nick Bockwinkle with the speaking of Dusty Rhodes. Yeah, I can see that. 
that's really that's a really good example. Like, because yeah. Nick Bockwinkle didn't look like some guy they just pulled out of a tough man contest. He came out just, he was classy. He was poised. Yeah, exactly. And I think, but like Cody's added that professionalism. Yes. To it, and which is what it needed badly because there was none of that. You could put, you could put somebody in a fucking expensive ass suit, but without the person in it being someone who deserves that suit, it's still just going to be like putting perfume on a pig as Roddy Piper says, and they live. Oh, case in point, when they tried to have Mark Jigrak as part of Evolution, they're like, no, the the picture doesn't even work. And then you get Batista and go, that's it. Yeah. Although I did love in Batista's book where he talked about how much he loved suits and he was always wearing suits, even as a kid, and just reading it going, no, you didn't. Like, just, no, you didn't. Uh, um, oh, no, it was in his DVD. Everyone, his whole family just, he always liked to be really well-dressed and always needed the best of stuff and always wore fitted materials. Like, just stop it. Who, Batista? Yep. Uh, that's bullshit. Like, he even told the story that when he was the Deacon Batista, they said to bring a suit. And he goes, I don't own any nice clothes. Like, Okay, so one of the two of you is lying. <laughs> <laughs> and like he didn't like wear suits and shit when he was on OVW. Right. Like you know, like just no. <laughs> I know he was like supposed to be Le- he was Leviathan and shit, but it still was not. I don't know. That's weird. There's actually a fun match. It's Leviathan versus Kane. Yeah. And like you can see Kane is definitely leading the match, but you could all so see Batista doing all of his stuff going, yep, I see why he got over. Yeah. I want to go to an OVW show. It's not that far away from me. It's only like two hours away. Okay. Where they, where they run them. I really want to go. And you could justify it, just make a whole day out of it. I'm sure there's other stuff to do. Yeah, it just means I have to go with someone who will drive down there. Because I'll drive down there a little bit, but it just depends on where it is. I don't like driving in big cities that, that I'm oh, not okay. familiar with. I don't drive in Indianapolis. But Indianapolis is also fucking rough. Like I've heard. I've driven down to Louisville before. I went and saw Joe Bob down there, and it wasn't so bad. Um, but yeah, so it's it's one of those things where it depends on where the arena is and how easy it is to get to it. But I don't know. It wasn't so bad. But I would like to go down there and check that out. And the cool thing is, is um before I do, I'll probably text Al Snow. And see if he even remembers me. It's been a little while, and and tell him, hey, I want I'm going to come down to an OVW show. You know, is it cool if we chat for a few? Because I've been wanting to get him on the show. That'd be but cool. I've been trying to get him on the show, especially since I have the Al Snow head in the backdrop. Yep. You know, I think it would be fun to have Al Snow on the show, and and not as like the wrestler Al Snow, but just like talk to Al. You know, who's been in horror movies? I think he's in a movie on Troma now. You know what I mean? So, like, I think he's in one of the movies on Troma now. I still so, can't believe I found that match. He and the other guy against Bruiser Brody. Yeah, that's weird. I have a whole tape went back when tape trading was a thing. Um, my buddy and I like mailed out for a uh, an an Al Snow tape, and we had a lot of his stuff. Like, we had a lot of his his uh, Smoky Mountain shit on this tape, and we had a lot of his um old 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 
like the snowman Al Snow in ECW, where he was like wrestling these crazy matches against Jerry Lynn and Rob Van Dam. And like it was fucking cool. Sabu, he had matches with Sabu on the tape and shit. And I was like, this is awesome. So you know how tape trading there actually were rare tapes? Yeah. It is now my favorite thing ever when I go on YouTube and it says something like rare footage. Like it's YouTube. It's not rare anymore. Not it's anymore. accessible by literally anyone who types it in. Yeah. Rare footage. I don't know. Like that Tom McGee Bret Hart tape. That uh-huh. actually was a rare tape that no one could find. And that some girl, like some random girl had it or something. Yeah, just shoved in her closet. Yeah. I don't even know, like, did she, like, hear something somewhere? She's like, wait a second, I think I have this. That's exactly what happened. Oh, damn. And somehow she contacted WWE and was like, hey, um, I have that thing. <laughs> yeah, because I think they have, a, like, a whole documentary about it on Peacock. Yeah, there was a whole special on it. In fact, That's cool. speaking of that, they finally released the documentary on Vladimir, the super fan. Yeah, I, I did see that one. Yeah. Like, you know years after they started it and paused for some reason never explained it was was for the pandemic oh okay because they had started producing it before the pandemic and then that hit and they were in pre-production and then that hit and they had to they waited like two or three years before they got back to it to finally finish it they got a lot of the footage and then they took a lot of time to for they had to go through the archives and get the footage and stuff all wrapped up and and figure that all out so that's why it was delayed okay no, that makes yeah. more sense. I think that's I, like I'm like 99% sure that was the reason, but I could we'll be go wrong. with it. I could be wrong. I'm never going to say I'm 100% because my memory sucks. <laughs> so, um, you know, actually at the Silverstein concert, my friend and I, we saw Motorhead and we're all 100% convinced it was like the core four of our group here. And then one of them tells me, oh no, I've never seen Motorhead. And all the rest of the group goes, no, you were there. You were right there, standing right here. <laughs> and that's why when they say witness tes- witness testimony doesn't mean a lot in court, like, okay, if I'm that wrong about this, then yep, witness testimony shouldn't mean a whole lot in court. Because, <laughs> I mean, I-, I would bet my left hand he was there. What do they call it? The Mandela effect? Yeah. Like he thinks things went down a certain way and they didn't. And I would that um that one where not Sim Shaq was in a movie about a genie and it was named Shazam. It was Kazam. That's the only reason I never fell for it. Was going, yeah. no, Shazam is definitely licensed by Marvel yeah. and DC. Yeah. There's no way there's a movie about that and it's a genie. Yeah, I remember Kazam. I think Kazam was a was a cartoon. And they they changed it over to that movie. It was like the movie no one ever really wanted to see. Yeah, with Sinbad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Sinbad, he had this great line in a stand-up special. Like, some girl just keeps yelling out at him. And for those who have never gone to a stand-up show, don't do that. Yeah, don't it, heckle the fucking people. Like, number one, they're going to ignore you at first. Then they're going to insult you, and the entire crowd will hate you. Yeah. But he finally acknowledges her and goes, oh, look, she wants me to go out with her, but you should know this. I have no money. (laughs) 
Nice. Uh, I always thought Sinbad was funny. Oh, he was great in what was it? Good Burger. Was he in Good? I don't know. I've never seen Good Burger. Yeah, he was the teacher that what's his name? Keenan gets into a car crash with. So <laughs> that's why Keenan gets the job is he has to pay back the teacher so he doesn't tell his parents. <laughs> See, I remember Sinbad. Sinbad had a TV show. And I remember when that came out, and that's how I was introduced to him. The sailor? <laughs> no, not the sailor. But I remember him most like the one thing that really kind of like maybe like be like Sinbad's cool. There was a movie that came out with Scott Bakula in the 90s called Necessary Roughness. It Have sounds familiar. That? It's a it's a, one of the stories about the old the old uh like guy that's almost 40 years old and he goes back to college because they want him to play football. Yes. And it's Scott Bakula. I always like to call him Count Bakula because that's funny. <laughs> right. But, but um, it was it, him. And then Sinbad was one of the instructors, like at the school professors, but he was working on a degree. Like he went back to get another degree while he was working at the school. So they let him join the football team. So it was like, it was Scott Bakula and Sinbad. And like the coach was Hector Eliz- uh, Elizondo. Elizondo, I think that's his name. And there, and there was like, um, oh, and uh, Kathy Ireland is in it. Okay, she's the place kicker because she was on the girls' soccer team, and they needed a kicker, so they brought Kathy Ireland in as their place kicker. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, I think I think it's it's either on it's either on Peacock or it's on 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 Max. I think it's on Max, and it's that movie's great, dude. It's so much fun. So if you get a chance, watch necessary roughness it's the same thing with like that movie the replacements with keanu reeves that was a good one i love that movie and it's like it's it's on like that kind of humor yeah it's on max it's on hulu it's on amazon prime there you go it's on youtube for 3.99 which most of you should have amazon prime so don't do that (laughs) i bought i bought no holds barred the other day oh that was good because i tried i know it was on hulu for a little while you know what I never under this is what I don't understand about No Holds Barred is that there's just one thing. <laughs> right. Yeah, there's just one thing. No, there's more than but here's here's one of the bigger things that I don't understand about that movie. And it's not the movie itself, it's about what they're doing with it now. So when I was a kid and that movie came out, I don't know if you remember this because this was probably before your time, and it's kind of been erased in a way, unless you catch a promo or something. But WWF did a pay-per-view, like it was just a, rant, you know, like did like Tuesday in Texas, mm-hmm. did that pay-per-view. They did one that was called No Holds Barred, The Match, The Movie. Do you remember this? No. Okay. They did a pay-per-view called No Holds Barred, The Match, The Movie, where you paid the pay-per-view price and you got to watch No Holds Barred on pay-per-view. Right. And you got to watch the match. Hulk Hogan and Brutus the Barber Beefcake versus Macho Man Randy Savage. And and Tiny Lister. In a steel cage. Okay, I'm aware the match happened. I didn't know that's what the gimmick was. Yeah. No holds barred the match, the movie. That's what it was. And no one remembers this, like, but me. Like, I always remember this because, like, it was one of those things where... it wasn't on like the home video version, I don't think, but like when you watched it live, because I watched all these pay-per-views live when they happened, like 1990, I was like, I was watching that shit on pay-per-view. And that was a thing that was like a little promo they cut in the middle of the pay-per-view, like 
when No Holds Barred came out, they were like, watch No Holds Barred, the match, the movie, you know? And I was like, right. oh, fuck yeah, No Holds Barred. <laughs> and my dad's like, that movie's fucking stupid. <laughs> I bet you anything if I went up to my dad right now, I was like, hey, dad, do you remember No Holds Barred? And he'd be like, that goddamn movie was fucking stupid. <laughs> and the appropriate response would be, I'm impressed you remember that it was a movie. <laughs> now I'll go to my dad and I'll be like, Dad, do you remember Suburban Commando? And he'll just be like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll just keep going, Mr. Nanny. And he'll just be like, what's wrong with you? And Three then, Ninjas, Adventure at Witcher. Yeah, high, high Noon at Mega Mountain. That was <laughs> Santa with muscles? Come on. The one thing we'll get him, though, the one thing that I know would get him is like, hey, Dad, let's watch Thunder in Paradise. I have all three of the TV movies. Yeah. And he's going to be like, no, absolutely fucking not. (laughs) And I remember watching those with him because he was like, we were watching it and Chris Lemon was in it with that. He was Hulk Hogan's co-star, Chris Lemon. And my dad's like, hey, that's fucking Jack Lemon's kid. (laughs) And he'd be like, and that boat would go through the water, and my dad would be like, that's just a goddamn remote control boat in a pool. <laughs> oh. oh, God, it's so funny. <laughs> oh, t- speaking of people being upset at movies and whatnot, did you see... The new Godzilla movie that's coming out, Godzilla runs in it, and Twitter lost their mind. Oh, the Godzilla minus one movie? I don't think it's that. I think it's another, like, Monster Universe thing. Okay. Oh, is it but, the thing, the Monarch show on Yeah, on so Apple Godzilla. TV? Yeah, so Godzilla runs in it, and Twitter lost their mind like, Godzilla doesn't run. Like, motherfucker, I've seen him surf. <laughs> like... <laughs> Well, he like, always like he would always go on to his tail, right? Like, like that's what I've he seen him do. ice skate. I've seen him drop kick. Like I saw him with Godzuki, exactly on the cartoon that was really really terrible. Like yeah, you guys know. are offended. A lizard ran. Okay. Not to mention this, they're they're upset because a giant fake atomic atomic <laughs> lizard monster. That was made in the 50s decides to run on your Apple TV. People are being killed in the Middle East, and that's what you're mad about. <laughs> oh my Christ. god. What was it? Someone kind of ruined Godzilla minus one for me before I saw it. Yeah, don't tell Were me because they... I want to watch it. All right. I'll just say this. <laughs> they described him. Godzilla is terrifying, but too often he looks adorable. Okay. And the picture they chose, like, oh god damn it, <laughs> dude! He does look adorable in like some of the some of the old movies. His his eye, it's the way they do his eyes. He looks like a puppy. Yeah, like in exactly. some of them, he looks just like a puppy. I want to see Godzilla versus the Attack of the Giant Gila Monster. Oh, have you ever seen Attack of the Gila Mo- Giant Gila Monster? Yep, that movie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> who was um? Who was the space turtle? Like Defender Gam- of the Universe. Gamera. Thank you. 
Yeah, Gamera. I would, and Gamera. That's the thing. I, you know, I, I might do that because Gamera movies are public domain. They are. Uh, yeah, most. Of, I think most of them are, and I would love. I think I might do. I might do this. I might do this sometime in the next couple months if I have time to do it. I will write a episode that will go straight to YouTube. It'll go on Troma now, and it'll go on YouTube. Then I'll host a Gamera movie. That would be so much fun. That would be fun. I'll put on Troma now, and I'll put it on Patreon, maybe. Like, I, I don't know. I, I want to do something for the fans. Right. Maybe I'll put it on YouTube. So, And I'll film it in the original fantastical location over here. Like, uh, obviously, after it's been on Troma for a little while. Let's, let's not. Yeah, let's not. A, well, it's a different quality. It's not going to be, it's not going to look as good. It's going to look old school because I don't right. have that equipment. Like, that equipment's only reserved for, like, the show. But I can do an old school episode. I've been wanting to anyway. So, Dude, I have time. Especially nowadays, like phones are quality equipment. Like I've got good cameras, like, but they're DSLR cameras. They're not like, they're not like the fucking 8K fucking super cameras and, and super lenses with speed boosters and shit that we use for our season. You know, like the tens of thousands of dollars of equipment we use on our show. Oh, true story. Mitch just opens the case. I happen to glance past and go, that looks really expensive. I'm going to stay over here. <laughs> You're right. Like, I don't know what the hell I'm looking at, but it looks like it costs a lot. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes. So what else happened in wrestling? Like anything this week that was any good? Because we kind of touched on Dynamite, but. Nothing really notable. Like, I mean, they're furthering the devil feud and now there's rumors abound that Britt Baker might be the devil. I would love that. I would absolutely be okay with that, especially after she that. put out the tweet that she hasn't had any promo time in 2023. Yeah. Like, yes, I'm fine with this. You're mad that your husband is boyfriend, whatever they are, is hanging out with this guy. I'm cool. Let's do it. Yeah, I would love that. I would absolutely love that. You know what you should do? You're probably you're probably not going to be able to because of scheduling or whatever. Yeah. You, you should fly out here for the Royal Rumble. The you Rumble's in January, January twenty January 27th. Oh, I'll actually be... I've already used my requested day off for a <laughs> wedding that month. <laughs> you get one day of requested time off a month? Oh, no, it's Ouch. one of those, I save all my days off so I can take a massive chunk. Oh, yeah, I got you. But if I'm a good little boy, I can justify going, hey, can you schedule it so I happen to be off on this day? That's one of the worst things about being retired. Like, although I'm not retired, I do the show and stuff. But as being like grown up, grown up job, I'm retired. Yeah. Is that none of my friends are retired. So like. You get bored a lot. <laughs> I, I do. Well, I don't get bored. because well, That's one of the reasons I do the show. I keep myself busy because if I don't keep myself busy, I will be bored. And then idle hands are the devil's play thing. That's what they say. And I just keep myself busy. Oh, it's very true. Busy. <laughs> I keep myself busy. So, oh wait, I'm also starting my Spanish class that month. Donde está Sanitarios? You know what's sad? So pretty much everyone I work with speaks Spanish, and every now and then they just speak Spanish over in the corner, or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I told all of them, you know what? I'm just gonna take a goddamn Spanish class. I'm gonna become fluent, and not tell any of you fuckers I did it. So you know what they're saying about you? <laughs> no, I. <laughs> 
I keep being assured they're not talking shit about me. At the same time, like, I've met me. I talk shit about me. Fair. I don't talk shit about you. I like you. <laughs> You're one of the few people I don't talk shit about. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, that is that is my entire plan, because none of them listen to this. I know they don't. I've tried. <laughs> they're like, we don't want to hear you talk. You're at work. Right. We hear you talk at work. So yeah, I'm really just going to learn Spanish and at least become conversational and not tell <laughs> My kid is learning German right now. And he's like been doing it for months. And he's is starting... it the one I think it is? It's Ashley. Yep. And he's good at it. So he's like, I, I took so I took four years of German in high, or four semesters of German in high school. And I took four semesters of German in college. So I can speak a little bit of German. To be honest, it's like the easiest language to learn. <laughs> That's why I started taking it to begin with. Everyone does Spanish. So I'm going to learn German because it sounds funny when you yell at people. But like, he is better than me already. Like he, but he uses it conversationally. Like he will, he will talk to us. Like when we ask him to do something, he will respond in German. And then he'll tell us what it means. Like right after he does it. So he constantly, and every now and then he'll speak German and I just understand what he's saying. Like, I can't remember to speak it, but if I hear it, I'm just like, okay, that's what he's talking about. Because certain words will stand out and I'll be able to like, okay, he's talking about whatever. And I would assume it's actually super smart to do that. Like, Rey Mysterio did so often is he would do his promo in Spanish, then translate it to English. Mm -hmm. Like, they keep doing that with all their Spanish speakers in WWE, which, as an English-only speaker, thank you. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know a lot. Of, like, you think that I would know Spanish. Like, but I I don't fucking know Spanish. Like, I know like certain words. But... I I know the big one, donde está el baño. Yeah, that's the one I know, <laughs> and I know that because of fucking that movie Encino Man. <laughs> like that, you need that one. You need izquierda and derecha. That's it. Like you can survive off those. And in German, vos dein toilette. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I dated this German girl. She had the most adorable nickname for me. It was Dimkuf. Uh, all one person who listens to this and speaks German just cracked up. Nice. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh. So. Anywho. Yeah, so. Yeah, thank you for that again. I know the people yep. on that'll see this on YouTube if I get it posted up on YouTube. We'll, we'll see what's going on. So basically, yeah. Troma Now. It's great. My show, Fantastical Disaster Beast Theater, is on there. And it's a fun show. It's silly. But you get you get me and like the spiels I do. You get some cool guests that I have on the show. Like Jonah Ray from Mystery Science Theater. And uh, pretty soon we're going to have uh, Brendan Patrizzo from The Asylum. We've had Hellbender. We've had... Um, and. C. Robert Cargill will be on February's episode. Lloyd Kaufman. You know, lots of people we've had on this show. Like, um, so you can watch it and I have a really cool interview and then you get to see a really fun movie. And I and I typically, when I pick my movies, I pick like the best movies that I can find that I'm allowed to host. And on Troma, I've got a, a vast library of stuff I'm allowed to host. So it's really kind of cool because I can pick and choose like specific things that I want to do. So 
And um, Night Beast was a great choice. I already did, looked at what the you? movie is next month. It's going to be so fun. Oh, yeah. So, okay. So, yeah, Night Beast was the uh, Christ Kwanzaa special that we just released December 1st. And next month is Blood Hook. And Blood Hook, in my opinion, is one of the best movies on Troma now. And and the next movie after that is even better. Well, it's, I don't know if it's even better, but it's it's good. It's The Children from 1980. And that movie's yep. fun as shit. And, and then hashtag Shakespeare Shitstorm for the finale. So that's one a lot of people haven't seen yet. So and I know a lot of people are wanting to see it. Oh boy. Um so yeah. No, you it, had some good ones this season. We had Troma's War, which was awesome. That movie's awesome. Yeah. We had but, Night Beast, which was turn your brain off and have some fun. Yeah, that movie's stupid as shit, but I love it. Like it's like I, it's like Alienator but with a monster. Right. Yep, exactly. And uh you know, we had um graduation day and we had Mother's Day and we had um fuck that. What did I? Oh yeah, we did Return to Nukem High Volume Two. So yeah, we've had some good ones. We've had some really good ones this season. Next season's great because I'm gonna host Maniac Cop Two, which is gonna be great. And I'm gonna host. Let's see, I'll throw out a couple other ones that I'm gonna host next season. So yeah, Maniac Cop Two is a good one. Frankenhooker. It's gonna be a good one. <laughs> so, um. And oh, there, that was yeah, that was another one ones. I discovered, and the title alone made me say absolutely. <laughs> right. <laughs> cool thing about Frankenhooker is there's a good chance that I'll be able to get a lot, uh, a couple of the people in, that are in that movie on the show. So that'll be fun. Because oh, that's cool. Yeah. So I'm hoping that's I'm hoping that I can do that. And so a lot of the time with my guests on the show, I know this is an elongated plug, but that's okay. <laughs> elongated. Um, uh, yeah. Giggity. Um, <laughs> so a lot of the time on the show, we don't necessarily, when I have guests on, we don't watch necessarily watch movies that they were in. So what what we do, and because my interviews are more of a conversational piece, it's not like a real formal, like, blah, blah, blah. it's like we're sitting down together and we're watching a movie. And that's what we do. My guests will come in and we sit down and we watch a movie together, which is a lot of fun. So that's typically how it works. So you won't see like, Occasionally, I'll throw, I'll bring somebody in that was like when we did Toxic Avenger for the Trauma season, a series premiere on Trauma. We had Lloyd Kaufman on because Lloyd Kaufman directed it, and it was kind of cool, and it was a good way to fire it off. Um, but I typically just bring people in, people that are fans of Trauma, um, that are going to come on so, that want to like watch a Trauma movie and talk about it, like one of their favorite movies and stuff. So, anyway, Trauma now you can get it on on like Apple TV, Roku. I think Chromecast and Fire TV and all that for for four ninety nine a month, and your first month is free, and uh, you can watch a full season and a half of my show. That's up. And there. let's be honest, you wanted to give up Starbucks or at least spend less there anyway. That's half of a drink. <laughs> no shit. Yeah, I mean, it's like what it's what you waste on soda, like soda and a candy bar. Like you get a whole month of like movies and shit. So do it. It's pretty fun, um, and I'm really proud of the show that we've put together, and I think that everyone else is going to really enjoy it, and we've got a couple, we have still have about, we still have three episodes to come out for this season, and then next season I think will fire up around, I think around September, October, so we did get renewed, so we'll have a new season coming up. Woo! So, yeah, so we'll see how that goes. 
Um, but anyway, yeah, that's it for me for tonight. If you don't have anything else, I'm good. Cool, groovy. All right, everybody, for myself, Gringo Fantastico, and my awesome co-host, Jason the Turtleneck Hilton. This has been your favorite podcast about wrestling and random shit. Headlines, headlocks, and hijinks. You're welcome. <laughs> All right, everybody, have a good night. Be awesome to each other, as uh, or excellent to each other, as George Carlin says and Bill and Ted. And uh, just shut the fuck up. <laughs> go to work, go home, shut the fuck up. No, I'm kidding. Like, I love oh, you guys. Thank you for by, the... by the way, George Carlin was great in Jersey Girl. Take it yeah. to see the cats. <laughs> you just watched that movie the first time, huh? I did. That's a great movie. That's probably Kevin Smith's best movie outside of the Viewsk universe. I was thinking opinion. the same thing. And Carlin was so good. Just yeah. T- take it to see the cats. Take it to go see the cats. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of people take a shit on Jersey Girl. I know we're getting ready to go, but a lot of people take a shit on Jersey Girl. And the only reason why people took a shit on Jersey Girl is because of the whole Ben Affleck J-Lo thing at the time. Oh, for Christ's sake. J-Lo was in it for like fucking, what, 10 minutes? Right, like she's in, suffer through the first like 10 minutes and you're good. And she wasn't even bad in it. No. Like there, there, it was a great, it was a good movie. Everybody did a great job in that movie. And fucking, however, Kevin Smith landed Will Smith for that scene at the end. Good for him. You know, when they originally had him walk up, and we just heard Will Smith's voice, I was one hundred percent certain it was an impersonator. Then he sits down, like I'll be goddamned. Yeah, and of course, dude, it's that... weird watching it now with everything that's going on. Yeah, so it was like Ben Affleck, be careful, right? <laughs> Um, you know, it was real quick that whole shtick that happened at the Oscars. Yeah, did you know that there's a movie out or t- an old TV show out where the exact same thing happened with no. the, the motions, the lines exact like it's almost as if that shit was planned. What is this? I don't know what the hell it's called, but I've seen it, I've seen them played next to each other. Literally, the guy says, keep my wife's name out of your mouth. Literally, same thing. First of all, that, that was the whitest way you could have said that. Well, that's because, well, I mean, but he, he gets up and he slaps the dude. It's like the same. I don't know if it was like someone, the way they had said it when I saw the video, it was like they were saying this, this, ha- this was a thing that happened. In a, it was an old black and white TV show. Yeah. So maybe someone made it and made it black and white to make it look like that. But from the looks that it looked pretty. And I'm like, seriously, that's kind of fucking weird. Like that seems now looking at that and looking at what happened. It's like, really? That was like the spark up fucking interest. It's the Illuminati. <laughs> yeah, I like to call them the court of the owls. <laughs> <laughs> I'm into that Batman shit. Um, not R. Kelly singing Gotham City. It all comes back around, doesn't it? Right. <laughs> all right, everybody, take it easy. Have a good night, and we'll uh, you'll see this on YouTube, hopefully. But you will definitely have this on your favorite podcast locations. So take it easy, everybody. Have a good night, and uh, like I said, don't don't hurt each other or whatever. So take it sleazy. <laughs> <laughs>